Thanks to Amazon Video Games for supporting Kinda Funny Live. Amazon debuted an awesome program for their Prime members, Prime Gamer Pricing. You can now get 20% off all of your game pre-orders and also off of any newly launched games up to two weeks after they come out. Valid on physical video games only. Learn more at Amazon.com slash GameSave. What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 37. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. It's good to be here with you today. How are you? I'm doing what the kids call hanging in there. Oh, you're hanging in there? Yeah. Oh my gosh, is it rough? What's happening? Oh, no, nothing's rough. You just did your laundry fine. today. Did my laundry today. Yeah. I gardened this weekend. Yeah. Please. I won't. No, just go. Just tell me everything. I love gardening. I don't know if you know that. I did not know about that. Seeing as how I've never seen you do it or heard you well, talk about it for many in years. eight fucking years. I landscaped for eight, many years. That's not gardening. That's not the I same thing. For many years. I used to garden with my dad a lot. Sure. And uh, so Erin has a new place. She has a garden in the front, like, you know, front space and then back sure. in the backyard. So went to Home Depot, picked out a bunch of flowers from the nursery. Okay. Did you plant some cucumbers? Uh, no cucumbers. The only living thing that you would want to eat that we planted a little bit of basil, but oh, cool. Um, gonna go back there tonight to kind of finish up. But I was raking out, you know, the the flower beds, yeah. and evening everything out, and pulling up the weeds and sure. whatnot. Very therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. Met some neighbors. How big is this front yard that you're doing? Not very stuff? big. Okay. I mean, the plot that we're dealing with in the front is small, probably like eight feet by six feet or something like that. Okay. And then in the back, she's a big backyard. Yeah. Um, kind of comparable to ours. Okay. And then we're going to get back there or whatever. She has a lemon tree. Oh, wow. Backyard. Is, she, is this all private? Yeah. Damn, this is the best spot in San Francisco history. Yeah. That's very so, nice. Uh, so I was gar- I gardened this weekend and it was quite uh, it was quite fun. Did you get the dirt under your fingernails? I did. I got a lot of dirt under my fingernails. And did you put down any of like the miracle Grow? I any did. Of that stuff? All right. All we right. bought three bags of miracle Grow. Thank you for asking. No we problem. I just wanted to see how legit you're doing this. Three bags of miracle Grow. Uh, three for $10. Like Big bags. Sure. Substantial bags. I was, was quite shocked yeah. by the affordability of this miracle Grow product. Uh, so I want to mix that in because I use I aerated the dirt a little bit. Sure, a bunch of you know you got to do that. You got to aerate the dirt. Got to do it. I was going a little crazy. Out there. Yeah, I mean, I, did you, I'm you, doing you, you rent do- a rototiller? Yeah, <laughs> yeah really I, fuck it up. When <laughs> I when I get into doing this kind of stuff, I'm going to do it right. Sure. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, you know we have you know some perennials and some annuals. Um, so this is just a, a, a wild hair. She's like, I've lived here for a couple weeks now, and I want. She put wants some to make it more of a home, and and I you know so I wanted to help her do that okay. and so we have a nice little uh motif with the flowers and we're gonna you know really get in there and garden properly you know, sure. ourselves a victory garden oh wow okay is that what called. they call it yeah why is it i don't know why is it called the victory, victory garden? garden was like the an old world war ii thing where people like grew their own crops and stuff like that to like help sustain themselves so that the the food and sure. supplies can be diverted diver- sorry diver- you are going to plant edibles at some point you're going to get some tomato like to plants in there ed- yeah, i'd love to do get well, the we, wire we, things so going like, up the, so things that we can plant here i mean because it's all about sun a lot of these things need six to eight hours of direct sunlight yeah in the San Francisco, you know, you know, you, you kind Hit of or miss. Yeah. yeah. So you don't know what you're going to get with the fog. So, uh, but I think we could get some pepper plants or pepper variations ah. like jalapenos in there. I think we could probably even get onions in there if we wanted to get crazy with it. But yeah. like, but onions are a little boring. What about I mean, a radish? I love a you good radish. You could plant a radish. Uh, you could plant a radish. Carrot. Uh, you could plant a carrot. But um, I was thinking like, there's like a weird things. We went to the one in Colma, the Home Depot in Colma. Sure. So I was like, all right, so this must be somewhat indigenous. Oh. You know, not indigenous. You're thinking you're going right to get word. stuff. This but is like going to be successful in, in San climate, Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although down in the valley, it's a little warmer and a little less foggy. So because they had like watermelons and all sorts of shit. I'm like, I'm not going to grow a watermelon. 
It'd be cool if he did. It would be, but I feel like that's so that's such a waiting game. Right. Oh, you're definitely invested to there. get that melon that big. Yeah, yeah. So nonetheless, I I, uh, I gardened, and uh, that was uh, basically the extent of anything I remember doing this weekend. Did you play any video games? I did. Uh, I played a little bit more a Homefront. Uh huh. Um, but I just I don't know. It's one of those games where I just don't understand why I'm playing it. It's not mm, very good, mm. and I don't understand like where it's going. I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything in the game. So I'm not really into that. But uh, this past weekend, uh, we were here. Uh, you were gone. I was gone on I a think secret it was mission. Friday night, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna download a few random games. Oh, nice. So because I wanted to play something, and and Aaron and I like to play Tetris. That's like the game we play. Great we play game. a ton of Tetris. Together. Yeah, you still gotta turn it off offline. Though, yeah, we right? have to turn it off on. Uh, but we play a ton of Tetris together. And I'm like, there might be some other games, maybe not similar, but like kind of similar that you might like. So I downloaded three games. I downloaded Miss Pac-Man. Of course. I downloaded Galaga. Uh-huh. And I downloaded Brick Breaker. Ah, Brick Which Breaker. is a newer game. Literally a Brick Breaker called Brick Breaker. Sure. Um, Capitalize on SEO. And so we played a little bit of those. What I was most distressed about with Miss Pac-Man and Galaga, these games are 850 megabytes. Yeah, it's all the trophies. Which by my calculation, if people didn't see my tweet, 40,000, 41,000 times bigger than the original game mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of memory size. Miss Pac-Man was running on a fraction of a megabyte. And it was totally fine. The graphics, the the leaderboards, everything was all encapsulated in a fraction of a megabyte. 850 megabytes for trophies. a port of Miss Pac-Man. Gotta have the trophies. I don't, it, apparently it's on Unity and it's a whole thing. Galaga, similar thing. Brick Breaker is like a very nondescript game. It's not even very good compared to like Arkanoid or Breakout or obviously Shatter. But Of course, no, come on, nothing's going to touch. But there's something about these fucking games, man. You know, that once a year, like when Magic Orbs came out or Hyper Balloid. <sighs> yeah. And I was like, I was all into Hyper Balloid for some reason when it came out. I remember yeah. correctly, it was like 2009. And Magic Orbs, we were both really into. Yeah, of course. Every once in a while, a game like that comes out where I'm like, I just want to play this for some reason. And I would rather play this than Doom. And I would rather play this certainly than Homefront. Mm-hmm. So that's kind mm-hmm. of this headspace I'm in right now. But now we have Downwell on Vita, which I'll definitely get into because I, I really think that game looks fantastic. Yeah. I'm just not finding too much time to play. We're also stressed out with kind of funny life too. I'm just not in a, a situation right now where I'm like really motivated. Mm-hmm. But I sense that probably following E3 is when I'll regain my motivation. Sure. You know, to sit so. down and get lost in some yeah. games. Uh, I played Fallout 4, uh, Far Harbor DLC. I've been waiting. I, I downloaded all the... D- I was gone on the secret mission, came back uh, mid-Saturday, downloaded all that, jumped into it. Uh, it's more Fallout, which is what I want. You know what I mean? More uh, things. It's I interesting coming right off of... Um, Uncharted and mm. then a little bit of Ratchet and mm. some of the other like games I've been Ratchet? playing. No, I'm halfway through because that's where the mood ended, but then mm. I had to go on uh, in my adventures or whatever. Mm. I'll get back to it mm. uh, probably right after Kind of Funny mm. Lab, I imagine. Uh, playing Far Harbor, though, more of what I wanted in missions and stuff, but glaringly, so it's so it seems so old and clunky now based on you know the fact we've I've played a gajillion awesome games that are running extremely well doing all these. I heard also it just doesn't run very well. Yeah, there's a lot of but I mean, like, again, like we were talking about leading up to Fallout 4. It's what we expect. It's Fallout, right? It's yeah. Bethesda. Uh, jumping in, is it worse than uh, the regular game? Yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's not unplayable. Like, like I said, there was the one section that I played where you have to go on this journey to get to the next place or whatever, and not. I mean, in, within Far Harbor, and that was when it got really, 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 really framey. But then we passed through it, and it was okay. And it seems like when it auto saves, sometimes it, you know, holds on a screen for a second and then kicks in. But none of it's getting in my way or fucking up my gameplay or sure. making me not want to play it. What is making me not want to play it though? And this is not spoilers, I don't think. I'm not ruining anything for you here. Is that there's a mini game in Far Harbor. 
And basically you have to go into, you have to reassemble some computer memories, some synth memories, right? So you go in and you have to play this game where you uh, redirect this laser around mm-hmm. to knock out firewalls and then these stupid fucking bugs. Holy shit, Colin. Did I, I almost stopped playing it. I, it's, it's only five levels, but everything's going fine. It's fallout. I'm having a great time. I'm messing with my guns. I'm learning everything again. And then you get in here and it's just fucking full stop hard. It's not that. And I mean, it's full stop, like it's a jerking motion of like, right. whoa, I'm not having, you just totally took me out of this experience and it's not fun at all. I tweeted about how bad, much I hated it and people were like, well, I didn't find it that hard and I'm, and I'm not saying it's hard. I'm just it's saying just it's tedious. annoying and fucking boring as shit because mm. what it is is let's take the crappy settlement building mm. and force you to do it here, but in this Minecraft puzzly way yeah, where I got to I got to collect blocks and then use those blocks to build bridges and then get to this thing and redirect the laser. And like the first time you do it, it was like, Oh, that wasn't fun, but it, I'm sure it won't. Oh, no, there's another one. Oh, it's getting a little bit more into it. Oh, God, there's a third one. Oh, God, there's a fourth one. Oh, God, this number five one is huge, and I have to actually think about what I'm doing, and it's bad design. It, it's bad design. It's it's like Bethesda saying, like, here, we know what we're good at. We know what you play Fallout for. We're going to do completely the opposite of that. Let's get in there, and it looks like Minecrafted sections, except that, like, in Minecraft, if you crouch, you can't fall off the sides of the world. Here, you can't. So you've solved the puzzle. You just need to put this fucking thing up there and rotate it. You know, you tr- I, I'm walking backwards trying to get it on my pillar of two. And nope, there's a gap behind me and I fall off and I've not restart or anything, but it's just sounds over there. Oh my God. Let me tell you, it was really great to be like, this is, oh, that was a really interesting memory. Oh, he's, he's in this relation to that character. I can't wait to see how this plays out. Oh my God. I'm just fucking doing this over and over. And what the hell is going mm. on? Just such a fucking great. So it sapped the energy for me to play. Understood. I finished it, got back to the regular game, and went out, and I was just like, I'm going to take a break. Yeah. I'm not going to do this. Whatever. Fair enough. And on the plane, I played two Vita games. One, I got a little bit deeper, I bet, than you did, because I knew you played it and then got out right away. I did some of that Civ Rev 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't, didn't uh, get far in it at all. I'm kicking around. It's interesting. I, I've never been a huge Civ guy, right? Respect it. Don't play it all that often. That's even, not a real Civ game. I know, I know. But even Civ, even right. Civilization Revolution, which was a hit on consoles, I didn't play. It, I don't even think that much of, if any. And I don't say that in a, in a derogatory way. I'm just saying that's not a big. The, the whole Civilization Revolution is a different thing right. than Civilization. Similar mechanics, similar ideas, Precisely. but boiled down, easier to go. I was having fun with it. I don't know if I'll ever get back to it. I didn't give it too much time, but it was fine. It's there's a few cumbersome UI things where I was just like. Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? And like, okay, I've discovered a bunch of shit, but what happens next? Out of that, but it was fine. Killed some time on the plane, mm-hmm. and then I uh, watched Goodfellas on the plane again because I love Goodfellas. And while I did that, played Letter Quest, and Letter Quest is Letter fun. Quest looks pretty cool. It was fun, yeah, real, real fun. Scrabble with like RPG. Yep, exactly. You're going through, you're spelling out words, do attack and do damage. If you, it's you neat. know, there they got bronze. There's letters or tiles that have no stars, some that have bronze, silver, gold. Obviously, if you can use those, more damage. Cool. And then you finish it though, and you'll you know there's usually a star for just complete the level but then there's a bunch of other stars that you can tap on and it'll be like finish this in one minute do this like all these little challenges cool. to go through and do it but sounds neat yeah it ran real well fun trophies were there i mean cool letter quest if you didn't know ladies and gentlemen this is ps i love you xoxo episode 37 this is kind of funny.com's playstation podcast so make sure you go to kindoffunny.com, subscribe to the other channels go watch all the podcasts and videos make sure you keep the mics on here because that's how you do it, by supporting us at Kind of Funny. Uh, we're the number one PlayStation podcast, and we're very proud of that. Thank you for your support. We love you very much. Uh, we post the show every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, so subscribe. And podcast services around the globe. If you ever get there and it's not there, go to SoundCloud.com slash PSILoveYouXOXO. Or Kind of Funny. I mean, kind of Funny, I think, gives you all of them. But who the fuck really cares? I'm just saying that sometimes SoundCloud doesn't communicate well with iTunes, and it ain't my problem. 
was my problem, but it's not my fault. It's definitely I can't your problem, it. but it's not my problem. It's your, no, it's definitely your problem too. No, That's how it works. No, no. That's how it works. I don't think it's my problem. That's how it works. Colin, mm. let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are 14 items on the list. A baker's fucking dozen. Number one. Gran Turismo Sport, known colloquially to some as Gran Turismo 7, is coming to PlayStation 4 way sooner than we thought. <gasps> it's set to launch this fall on November 15, 2016. Unfortunately, if you were looking forward to playing it sooner via its beta that was revealed when the game was announced, you'll be sad to hear that the beta has been scrapped. Speaking to VideoGamer.com, series creator Kazunori Yamauchi said, quote, That's something that I'm very, very sorry about. In order to do a beta test, we have to make a gold master of the beta test code, and for us, it actually takes as much effort as to finish the real master code of the actual game. Just because it's beta, we can't just throw it out there. It's required that in order to do an open beta, we have to create a proper master for it. And considering the release timing that we announced, we decided that we just don't have enough time to do two gold masters for the game. By omitting that, it saves us about three months of time. And they're going to need it. If Gran Turismo has been any fucking indicator as a franchise of how much time, give them every goddamn day and month they can have. Fuck the demo. Just try to hit this. Yeah, this is this shocked me, actually, when I saw this date. Yeah. Not only because of the the quick turnaround from Pol- of Polyphony. So... For for context, um, Polyphony I think is actually two studios, and right there's a studio. Uh-huh. I want to look this up, so because I was thinking about this before. Polyphony. What are you saying? There's you're saying there's the Gran Turismo team and something else. Well, what I'm saying is that they released Gran Turismo six in J- December 2013, so this seems pretty quick mm-hmm. to get a new Gran mm-hmm. Turismo game out. Um, yeah, they have two. To- so they're they're in Tokyo and uh, Fukuoka. Um, and they have 140 employees. Um, so it says their operating income is 10 million yen. Isn't that like seven dollars? That can't no, possibly that be right. Can't, no, no. Because uh, isn't it? It was what? I thought it was 1,000 yen as a dollar. No, 100 yen is a dollar. Okay. There's no way that's a, that's a real operating income. Anyway, um, they re- released some inf- interesting information, including the fact that I think Gran Turismo has sold something like 76 million copies across mm-hmm. all their games. Um, and obviously with the exception of Omega Boost and the early like kart racers that they made, Polyphony has only made Gran Turismo games, so there's a lot of them. Um, but the bigger thing to me is that the, the turnaround time seems quick. It's less than three years, um, which, to your point, they typically take their time. Yes. More recently, they didn't always take their time. I mean... Sure, but you remember that you, what I'm driving at with the PlayStation 3 stuff and Prologue and how long, and like that just was a game that limped and limped and limped. Sure. Like I mean, the turnaround between Gran Turismo to... Gran Turismo 2 was two years, and they did Omega Boost in there too, and then another two years, not even to to A Spec, and then another three years to Gran Turismo 4. Then they did Taurus Trophy, which everyone forgets about, of course, which is a motorcycle game because nobody wanted it. And then they did like Gran Turismo 5, and then the, that's when check out the controls. That's when we got Prologue and all that kind of shit, and then everyone waited. I think Gran Turismo 5 came out in 2010. Six in 2013. So this, so actually, the timing between five and six is similar. Yeah. Um, do you believe him? You think they'll hit it this year? So here's the interesting thing about this, what I'm looking forward, what I'm looking at, because I I didn't realize that these were two different games. Gran Turismo Sport and Gran Turismo Seven are they different games? Well, Sport was the only one they were talking about for a while. Because on the Polyphony Digital list of games developed on Wikipedia, Sport and Seven are both listed. Sport is listed with the November 15, 2016 listing, and then Gran Turismo 7 says 2017 slash 2018. But I thought that everyone assumed that Gran Turismo 7, or Gran Turismo 4 was 7. Yeah. Need a little clarification on this. 
What did they? So I mean, did they talk about seven at this event? Because my my comment on this is going to be the fact that today when I was gathering questions for PS I Love You XOXO episode thirty seven, on episode thirty six you had mentioned that by the time you maybe by the time you hear this the Gran Turismo events already happened right, and so we'll talk about it next mm-hmm. week. And I thought it was very interesting that now granted. Everybody knows you and I don't give a shit about GT games, but I did lead with it today because you're you know you understand people. PlayStation mm-hmm. News. But now I'm saying with that this lens on, they know we don't we're not the audience for this that we don't care too much about GT games. But I saw I think two or three tweets the day it happened, like hey look at oh my god Greg you see this da, da, da. and then there was one question about it in PS I love you's question box and then nothing. So I thought it was just an interesting thing. I knew it was going to come up in the show Did today. We used to on um, Beyond get questions about five and six. People would talk about it, but then again, it's kind of we had a hangover from Roper. Everybody knew Roper loved it, so you know that was a, a big deal there. But in terms of like the sport to seven thing, I was under the impression sport was just the next one. We hadn't any talk of what. Yeah, the next I thought so too. Was. I thought seven when we were talking about like because I remember Casanori saying when PS4 launched around the time that there is a Gran Turismo game that will be out in a couple of years. I remember saying that. Then everyone started talking about Gran Turismo 7, but then it was announced as Gran Turismo Sport, and so I assumed they were the same game. I am convinced that the, that the Wikipedia article is wrong, that Gran Turismo 7 doesn't exist. N4G.com's headline I'm looking at right here, right, says Gran Turismo Sport is Gran Turismo 7 after all. Yeah, I mean, that's what I assumed. I mean, I never heard any... De- I never heard... Why would Plifin even be developing, co-developing two Gran Turismo games? Now, okay. the interesting thing about Sport is that it should use VR... Right, you would assume they talked about that. That there'll yeah. be some integration. Well, eventually there'll be some integration, and hopefully the PS Vita as a rear or was view it mirror. Done? No, as yeah, well. you know they'll have the rear view mirror. Maybe they already did that too. Digital Spy says, yeah. Mm. Well, fine. This I'm is from sure. Digital Spy reports. Do you remember when Gran Turismo developer Polyphony Digital said Gran Turismo Sport wasn't Gran Turismo Seven? Yeah, we do too, but apparently that's not the case. Speaking during the roundtable attended by Digital Spy at the Gran Turismo Sport unveiling, Polyphony confirmed that the game could have been called Gran Turismo Seven after all. The reason we called the Gran Turismo Sport was that we really wanted to incorporate the FIA events, whatever the fuck that means, says Yamaguchi. The FIA events. Yeah, but that, Fear, I, I read I, intense action. I read something about that, about how this is really important that the, this is built in. Thinking about Maybe. it now, yeah, we could have called the Gran Turismo 7, but it's got so many features we wanted it to be different. So Gran Turismo 7 inevitably coming one day, but this one's called Sport. Um, and they talked about VR with this thing, yes, right? Well, anyway, I'm, I'm interested to see... The game's going to be beautiful. I'm interested to see how it does. Because I think Gran Turismo 6, considering when it came out, was a little bit of a disappointment. Certainly sold several times fewer copies than uh, Gran Turismo 5 sure. on the same platform with a higher install base. I still think it was a huge mistake that they released it when they released it. Um, they really, 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 really should have released it for, for sooner, but I'm sure that they would have if they could have. Are we good to move on? Are you satisfied and satiated? It will be compatible with PlayStation VR. I was just double yeah, checking that. Well, and I, I don't want to assume because it's been said. It's just the fact that you and I don't oh. care about this, so we don't commit any to memory. Here's the more interesting thing about this that I was thinking about, though, with the November release date. Because I didn't even think Grand Christmas Sport had any sort of release timing at all, knowing Polyphony. But here we are. Here we are. This indicates to me that Horizon now has an avenue out of 2016, because Grand Turismo is a major game that will actually sell way better than Horizon as well. Sure. And. The bigger thing to me is that does this not only give a more A but not triple A game, and I'm, this is my assumption, something like Dead Don't Ride. Mm-hmm. Could Dead Don't Ride come out, considering its name, around Halloween, and then maybe in October, sometime in October, uh, Gran Turismo then is the triple A keystone for PlayStation exclusivity in the fall, then Horizon pushed to February or March would make sense to me. Sure. Space Mount. Yeah. So I'd actually think, when I saw that release, I was like, they now have an avenue out for all the other games because Gran Turismo 
is not a game we want, but Gran Turismo is a game a lot of people want, 100%. and it will definitely sell better 100%. than Horizon. That there is no established doubt about franchise. That. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Roper's probably buying a new wheel right now or whatever the hell he does. Fucking nerd. Dork. Number two. Uncharted Four has officially sold big. Assad Kizilbash, the senior director of Sony's first party studios, revealed the news on the PlayStation blog, noting that in its first week on the market, it sold 2.7 million copies globally. In North America in particular, Uncharted 4 Thief's End is the fastest selling first party game to date for PlayStation 4. This isn't a huge surprise. That news isn't. What we talked about on Colin and Greg Live, and I think you would concur, is that Sony never talks about numbers for software sold ever. I feel like when they do, though, it's only when they have something, some milestone they want to talk about. Can you think of the last time they did this? For a game, a yeah. single game, because I can't. Do they? Ever- I can think of games they've done it for, but they're old. I can't think of a game like you. Eventually, find out PlayStation All Stars sells a million copies. You eventually find out that Gran Turismo Six sold a few million copies or whatever. But you're Uncharted, talking like within a few weeks of it coming out. Like, like really, like this is almost a Microsoft old style Microsoft announcement, or really a Nintendo style announcement because Nintendo always talks about sales, software sales. Yeah, I just don't recall. Sony coming out of the game and being like, our game sold 2.7 million copies. I have no idea how Killzone Shadowfall sold. No idea how Knack sold. I have no idea really how Bloodborne sold. I have no idea how Infamous Second Son sold. I like I'm sure those numbers are out there, but they didn't make it. They certainly didn't post on the PlayStation blog. Killzone Shadowfall sells 4 million copies or something like that. I didn't see anything like that. Sure. So all I'm saying is that this seems like an unusual announcement from first party. The one that I think of is the Uncharted after Uncharted 3 when they talked about the Uncharted franchise and we had to distill the numbers down from that of how many it sold. And I also want to say that they're talking about the you know Uncharted 4 Thief's End in North America becoming the fastest selling first party game on PS4. Two questions about that or two comments. One, why not in the rest of the world? Are they all buying Killzone Shadowfall or Knack? Over on, like, that was a weird one to me. Number two, of course it is. Like I, I, What else is going to outsell Uncharted? And actually, not to be a Debbie Downer about it, because these numbers are fantastic numbers, but I actually thought maybe even better than this. How many did you think it was good for? Now, we're only talking about the first week, 2.7, yeah. I don't know, three, three and a half, maybe? Yeah. I mean, now it might be up there. Even oh, sure. I guarantee it is by now. Yeah. I think they are. But then, like, the then why not just like, it's like you make a blog post about this and you use numbers that from like five days. I don't know. I just don't understand how they work this shit. That's how they get math. That's how they get numbers. You got to sit there and add them all up. L Dave Zero wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and says, hey, Colin and Greg. Like thousands of other PS4 owners, I picked up a copy of Uncharted 4 last week, and while other people seem to be loving the game, I find myself pretty disappointed so far. Parentheses. At the time of writing this, I'm up to chapter 10, so I'm guessing I'm about halfway through? Close. While the visuals and storytelling are obviously of a ridiculously high standard, the gameplay itself has felt, dare I say it, a bit boring to me. As someone who found Uncharted 3 a best in the series, you're a good man, Uncharted 4's pacing has been very flat in comparison, with lots of talking and climbing and very few shootouts to speak of. I get that Naughty Dog is gone for a more grounded approach following the success of The Last of Us since 2007. Uncharted has been my go-to series for a dumb, action-packed shootout, and I'm feeling a bit let down as a result. I realize I'm in the minority and that ultimately it's great to see Naughty Dog evolving as a developer, but as a huge fan of the series, I'm disappointed the finale isn't what I hoped it would be. My question is, have either of you been disappointed with how a gaming series has ended? Love the show. Yes, of course. Yeah, I definitely. Well, I first want to say about this. I don't necessarily disagree that I don't want to use the word pedestrian because that's definitely not right, but that the mechanics of Uncharted 4 are not stand out to me in any respect but they're certainly not bad they're certainly not anything but i think good 
But it says a lot about the rest of the game that I think is so fantastic. I was going to say that's the thing. I went out, you know, for drinks with Ty and Damon over the weekend. We were talking about it, and that's the fact of it. I think is that it's they're they're good. Third person shooting is good. It's fine. You know what I mean. The climbing is fun. It's whatever. But like when you talk about what stands out in that game, it is the story. It is the set pieces. It is you know these different things. The characterization. The performances. It's not how much fun it is to use the rope. I like the rope. I like the sliding. I like the shooting. But. Yeah, if I'm thinking about a gameplay, it's the same thing we're talking about with Fallout, right? Well, I play Fallout because I like, oh, what's going to happen here? And how is that? It's not because I love vats or whatever. Or how, I really like, you know, going through and micromanaging guns or inventory or over encumbrance or any of that shit. Right. It's that oh, I want to. I live for over encumbrance. I know you do. Yeah. But yeah, that's not what Uncharted is, I don't think. Yeah, I think I, it is solid. I was shocked to hear this gentleman say, though, that since 2007, when Drake's Fortune came out, that this has been his, his go to for like dumb shoot, like. That's the thing is that I think tonally he and I interpret the game differently. I don't think there's anything dumb about Uncharted, even though it is silly that he kills so many people in the shootouts or whatever. Tonally, it's very Indiana Jones in the sense that it's pulpy, but it really doesn't have the sp- it has the spirit of the pulpy, but it, pulpiness, but it doesn't have, um, you know, like the retread garbage nature. of pulp. You know, people forget pulp fiction is a derogatory term mm. meant to say like these old adventure books that authors would sometimes write hundreds of, like they would release them every few weeks sometimes on really low grade paper, pulpy paper. Pulp fiction comes from that. The idea of something being pulpy means it's silly or throwaway. Yeah, exactly. That's the spirit of this, but like Indiana Jones, it doesn't have, it doesn't follow through on that. Indiana Jones is high cinema to me. And and to to this, to this point, Uncharted is, um, not dumb. See, yeah, I think so you're saying I, in a different I, direction. His quote is that I, my go-to series for dumb action-packed shootouts. I don't think he's saying dumb action-packed adventure, dumb action-packed whatever. Sure. He just wants more shooting. And Uncharted, like we talked about, it is a very slow ramp-up to where you eventually get to those final chapters, which you're only at chapter 10. Trust me, they're coming where it is. Room full of guys, room full of guys, room full of guys. The 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 Corridor uh, full of guys. Hmm? Cliffside full of guys. Yeah, a lot of... A lot of Tall grass is full of guys. Now I feel like I feel like his point is taken, and it was a same similar complaint I have, which is the the ramp up, the pacing is not good in the, See, I, of the game. I like but, it. I understand, but I I I do think that's a complaint. But I also think that the fact that it's not a problem for me after twenty something chapters of the game speaks to how good the game gets. And as I told you as I was playing, because I was playing it much more slowly than you are, was uh-huh. the game gets really fucking good to the point where you, in my opinion will forget the slow ramp up and by the time you get to the end of the game which is extraordinarily good um i think you realize that the build might have actually made more sense than you realized but i do think that it could have stood for more combat but at the same time i don't care about that like i i it's not that same you know people have brought up the complaint i had with left behind which is the dlc for the last episode i was like this would have been way better without any combat um obviously uncharted could use combat it needs combat it must have combat i think the combat's different and because of the more deliberate way you play uncharted 4 i think it all evens out because it's very stealth oriented the game the gunplay is just way different i don't think it's great um but it's different so you're taking way more time skulking about very similar to metal gear solid 5 i think in the spirit of trying to complete maps without anyone even seeing you and then kind of getting mad when someone sees you and you have to shoot out or whatever right. so I, th- I i implore him by the time he hears this i'm sure he has already continued I think the game gets better. I think the Uncharted 4 is undeniably fantastic. I just think you have to get to that point. And also, why does my chair when I move sound like a? It sounds like a haunted house. Like you're walking through. It's like squeaking. You hear sure. It sounds a little. Bit- I think it's just because you find something new to complain about every day, mm-hmm. as in your inevitable journey and spiral to becoming Larry David. And I think that's just today's I- thing. Wouldn't that be awesome? Do you want to switch have chairs? Hundreds of millions of dollars if I was Larry David. Yeah, so I know. Totally well, just keep it going. Just keep all this going. <laughs> I can just not care about what anyone thinks. 
I'm pretty sure you already do that, Colin. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you already so do I'm that. So I'm just missing the money. Exactly, yeah. But if you keep on this, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, they're not picking that up. Go ahead. Give us some good squeaks. It's just below the gate. Now it sounds like you're doing something else down there. Number three. Are we done? Yep. Destiny's next major expansion, and likely its last one overall, has been leaked. According to leaks from Reddit that have been corroborated by sources at Kotaku, the expansion will be called Rise of Iron. It will, be suppo it will supposedly be revealed at E3. You have to assume at the PlayStation press conference. Uh -huh. And it will launch in September. Kotaku's sources indicated that it will include a new raid and, quote, will be larger than the two year one DLC packs. I said year on here. I'm going to have to correct. Fuck that, Year dude. one DLC packs. End quote. Kotaku also indicates, as we've previously heard, that Destiny 2 was pushed to 2017 from 2016 some time ago and that it has been recently rebooted, in quotes, as Luke Smith, who directed the Taken King DLC, took over the entirety Ooh. of the Destiny 2 project. So according to Kotaku, you can look forward to Destiny 2. Uh, sometime in 2017. Please look forward to it. It'll be more like the Taken King, which everyone loved because mm -hmm. it had story. Number four. After many leaks and rumors, it's finally been confirmed. The Batman collection is coming. Officially called Batman Return to Arkham. This collection will include both Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City, Studio Rocksteady's two last-gen critically acclaimed Batman games. The collection will launch on PS4 as well as Xbox One with all DLC and bonuses included on July 29th for $49.99. The collection does not include WB Montreal's Batman Arkham Origins, nor Rocksteady's current-gen effort, Batman Arkham Knight. So there we, we go. I feel like we've beaten the yeah. horse to death on this, so that's stupid that Origins isn't mm -hmm. there. Origins should be there. It's a great game. So we can look I don't think it's that. a big deal that Arkham Knight's not there, because obviously no. that's already out. You should have no. that. Number five. Grand Theft Auto V has sold an astounding 65 million copies. This news comes by way of Take-Two Interactive's financial calls, in which the company noted that the 65 million figure represents units shipped. GTA 5 is officially the second best-selling single non-bundled game of all time behind Damn. Minecraft, which sits at 73 million copies sold. Tetris has sold nearly 500 million copies since its inception across all platforms, and Wii Sports, which came bundled with a majority of Wii sold, pushed nearly 83 million copies. For historical context, the original Super Mario Brothers sold 40 million copies, both bundled and individually, and Mario Kart Wii sold 36.3 million copies. My assumption is that GTA 5 will eventually maybe even pass Minecraft. Damn. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how that all pans out. They're both fucking massive games. I don't. I, it'll be interesting. I would say that billions, it wouldn't be able to. Billions of dollars of profit, man. Yeah. I don't think it would be able to pass Minecraft, but we'll wait and see on that one. Bioshocking the world. Wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to get your question read on the air. This is Hey Greg and Colin. Hello. I'm a huge fan of Rockstar Games. Mm. I heard the news that we will be hearing about new projects from them really soon. I know that you two lo would love a Red Dead Redemption 2. So would I. But what if it's something else? My question is what other games would you be excited to have from Rockstar besides a new Red Get Dead game? Bully 2? The long-awaited agent, a new LA Noir type game, or a totally new IP. I will love to hear you guys and your thoughts on this. Keep up the magnificent work. P.S. I love you all, even the king and queen of Instagram, Portilla and Lola. All right, well, this goes into item number 12, which Ooh, I'm going to read right now. During Take-Two Interactive's earnings call, CEO Strauss Zelnick noted that Rockstar will not release a game for the duration of the fiscal year, which is currently underway and doesn't end until April of 2017. No. This is important information for anyone who was hoping for a quick announcement and release of the much-rumored third Red Dead game. 
though it could still easily be announced during this time frame. And by the way, the third Red Dead game vernacular and vernacular confuses some people that is the third Red Dead game. Red Dead Revolver is the original. Everybody Red forgets Dead Revolver because it was um, it wasn't a great game. Right. But Red Redemption came out was amazing. Um. So just to clarify that for anyone that's confused, uh, I would like a new Manhunt. Um, ah. I've always been really partial to that series. I think that series is fantastic, uh, especially the first game. The second game was a. Um, it's really fucking sick and vulgar um, and violent yeah. and unnecessary. And I think that's why it should exist. Uh, I remember playing the original Manhunt in college in 2004 uh, with my friend Brandon San Giovanni. Shout out to Brandon San Giovanni. Uh, he was a good buddy of mine. Uh, he used to buy a bunch of games and I, I didn't have a lot of money and he worked like a job, like allowed him to, to buy games. So sure. I, I'd go play them with him. And I remember playing that game with him. I'm like, this game is gratuitous like, and really fascinating. And there's really nothing like it. So I'd like, I know they tried Manhunt 2. It didn't really pan out. Yeah. Um, but I would love for them to revisit that idea of like basically being a psychopath or a murderer in some sort of snuff film or being held hostage and having to do these horrible things yeah. to gain your freedom. Um, I always thought that that was a super novel game. Shout out also to State of Emergency. Nope, nope, no shout out to State of Emergency. <laughs> Which probably sold millions of copies based only on, on the insert. AGM cover. Yeah, and the insert that GTA 3 came with as well. Sure. But GTA 3 was, I remember being such a hit, and then G, EGM being like, Rockstar's next game is this one, and here it I is. I bought State of Emergency. He's walking around like the next fucking idiot. shopping game people up. sucks. Terrible. Game Awful. Sucks. Um, I'd be, sucks. I mean, I would fucking love a new bully. I would love a, like, I know they put out the PS2 classic of it, but I would love, like, a straight up brand new, here you go, bully. Uh, but I also wouldn't mind a new IP. I wouldn't mind seeing them try something different. They, you know, are so talented, so fascinating over there. Whatever they want to get up to, I'd want to see them get up to. But above all, I want a new Red Dead. Makes you wonder whatever happened to Agent. Yeah. Um, because there's always been persistent rumors that that game will reemerge. Jackie T, man, he came out and talked about it. Left us hanging. And I feel like... Hey, Colin. Hey, Colin. Hey, Colin. Um, no, I, new, no, no, no news on the Agent. I'll talk to you later. I feel like... Because th there's been rumors and it's just conjecture that Rockstar is in some way owing of Sony a first party right. or, or a second party exclusive game. I don't know if that's true or not. It just seems weird that that game just disappeared like, yeah. completely. Um but what this drives me to is something unrelated to them in entirely, which is like, why can't we get a new getaway? For God's sake, can't we just get a getaway game? Wouldn't that be awesome? You're going to get the original that PlayStation getaway, VR. The original getaway demo. was fantastic. Yeah, the original getaway was really good. Getaway 2, not so It was half-baked in a way because I think they rushed it. Sure. But the acting, it was it was like a Guy Ritchie film. It was fucking yeah. really good. I yeah. really liked that game. And uh, there was one in, on, in, there is a second one, Black Monday or something like that. Yep. And then on PS2, and then there was a PS3 one in development that was canceled. Right. That was at Sony London, but um, you kind of get it now with that VR demo, Colin. Yeah, great. There you go. You're going to shoot stuff. Remember with the Uzis. Yeah, great. Number six. Sounds like Resident Evil 7 isn't only in development, but it will be, but it will also be returning to its horror roots, just as we all wanted. Oh. Well, that's the rumor anyway. Word comes by way of Dr. Sirkin Toto, as relayed by GameSpot, who tweeted out that RE7 is in development. Quote, the entire game will go back to Ari's horror roots and essentially be a clean slate. They will show it at E3. The RE7 team hired Jordan Amaro, a designer who previously worked on MGS5, MPT, at Kojima Productions, end quote. Toto is the CEO of Canton Games, a Tokyo-based gaming consultancy group, meaning he would know. Still take this as a rumor and speculation for now. But it's gotta be, right? Yes. That seems like a no-brainer. Yes, I would assume so. Um, we talked about Resident Evil, I feel like, quite a bit recently. We did. Maybe on the Gamescast, maybe not so much here, but... People can go into because we had a whole topic on the Gamescast about what we want Resident Evil to be. I'm still pretty. Yeah. Okay. But we talked about this news last week or whatever about um, the biohazard leaks. I think it's got to be a safe assumption at this point. Six is older than we think, and with the lead up to um, with the release of 
well first remake remake and then resident evil 2 is being remade and then they re-release resident evil 0 in hd then they're releasing 6 5 and 4 all on next gen consoles it's leading to something and they said in their own financials as we reported i think last week that uh they're leading up to a like salvo of resident evil and i think that this is what we're going to get and i'm super excited about this i am an old resident evil fan and uh, i've i'm a lapsed resident evil fan for sure but resident there's something really special about the original resident evil games i think all the way up to four including zero including code veronica i think those are all great games and i think they, they lost the spirit of it we don't have to beat a dead horse here but i think that this is exciting news, and I think that it's real. And I wonder what conference it will show up at. And my assumption is Xbox. You think so? Yeah. This is their make good on the Street Fighter front. Yeah, interesting. I don't think it'll be exclusive. Sure, but that's but that's how you all branch back to them. You got a keynote. Mm-hmm. You you butter one side of the sandwich. You got to go back and butter the other side. Otherwise, you put it in the pan and it just burns on one side, and it's a great golden crisps on the other. That's a great point. Greg. And you can't have a half burned Capcom grilled cheese sandwich great, up in this piece. That's real. I couldn't have put it any better. This is like, and this is you know, I'm losing some of it translation because this grilled cheese analogy, of course, originally Hi. from Japan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Number seven. Good news, Crash Bandicoot fans. Sony knows you love this series, but unfortunately for you, Activision still owns the rights, and it doesn't seem like anything's happening with it. VideoGamer.com relayed a small snippet of an interview from the official PlayStation magazine in which PlayStation Europe boss Jim Ryan says, quote, We're certainly aware of the considerable affection, even reverence, in which the mighty crash is held, but nothing to update at this stage in that area, end quote. Sorry, Tim. Everybody give up on Crash. Know, just Let like, it go. I have to hear about Crash Bandicoot. He was never good. I, that's the whole point. I can't even talk about it. It's the whole point. Number eight. If you've played Crash recently, you would know that it's a terrible gameplay. Absolutely awful. Just awful. Number eight. It sounds like Polish developer Techland, the studio behind Dead Island and Dying Light, is hard at work on two projects. <gasps> Eurogamer spoke to the company's CEO, Pavel Marchuka, about the games. One game is an open world fantasy game with RPG elements which both sing- with both single, players, single player and co-op options. Hold on a second. Hold on, everybody. With both single player and co-op options. The other game we know nothing of yet, though it's being worked on by the Dying Light team. It's got to be Indicating that it could be a direct sequel. Interestingly, while Marchewka doesn't say Dying Light 2 in regard to the second game being developed, he does use that title in answering a separate question, all but confirming it's real. He basically says something along the lines of, with Dying Light and Dying Light 2. So clearly... Translation, you think? Is it an area he's talking about the DLC? And then apparently the PR person jumped in. You don't think he meant the DLC? No. They'd be stupid not to make another Dying Light. Well, no, I agree. I guarantee, I mean, that's got to be what the second game is they're working on. Number nine. Number nine. It appears that timing was the reason Star Wars Battlefront didn't have a campaign. Head of EA Studios Patrick Soderlund noted during EA's investor briefing that EA and DICE understood that the missing campaign was an issue for a lot of players, even though the game sold extremely well. Quote, the one thing that we got criticized for was the lack of single player campaign. It was a conscious decision we made due to time and being able to launch the game side by side with the movie that came out to get the strongest possible impact. Ellipsis. Star Wars Battlefront came out and we got criticized for the depth and breadth of it. So we took a look at why that was, and we have to go back and course correct for that for that for another version if we were ever able to build one. Ellipsis. I think the team created a really good game based on the premise that we had. I would say that the game has done very well for us and reached a very different different demographic than a traditional EA game. So from that perspective, it's a success. Are we happy with the seventy five rating? He's talking about Metacritic. Uh-huh. No. Is that some some is that something we're going to cure for? Uh, is that something we're going to cure going forward? Absolutely, he says. Uh, by the way, it's worth knowing the game sold like fourteen million copies. So it's just fine. People had some complaints. Now no, you hear them. Number 10. I'm interested in what you think of this one. Okay. For more stuff on Battlefront, check out the Gamescast because we talked about it there. In an interview with Final Fantasy 15 director Hajime Tabata, Tabata on Japanese son. website for Gamer, as translated by Kotaku, 
Some interesting behind-the-scenes insight was given into the development of Final Fantasy XV, which has been quite tortured, to say the least. When the game was rebooted and he took over the command of the title, he noted that there was a backlash internally. Quote, it wasn't only from inside the team, but outside as well. The reason was that it was my way of doing it. If, the reason was that if my way of, of doing it ended up working, there are those whose circumstances will worsen, he said while laughing. <laughs> he continued later to talk about a so-called Final Fantasy disease, which he said meant, quote, it refers to people within the company who can't imagine anything other than their own view of Final Fantasy. Since the root is a strong self-affirmation, one's own view of Final Fantasy takes more priority than the team's success. If that view of Final Fantasy isn't fulfilled, then they're convinced that it's bad for Final Fantasy. They think since Final Fantasy is a special team, then we are also special because we are making it. When the new Final Fantasy comes out, everybody is going to be so into it. But that's not the reality of the situation, is it? Because of that, there was a time I, was, I told the team off saying, we're not special, wake up. This is an interesting part of the quote. We're not Yet special, I wake up! This is the, my fair part. Because I think this relates to me in a lot of ways. Oh, good. Yet, I realized that when Final Fantasy XV news was made public, this wasn't only inside the company. Everyone has Final Fantasy disease. End quote. You're all infected with Final Fantasy so disease. That was a really interesting, honest, yeah. quite Japanese way of putting it. Because it's way nicer than I think a lot of people in the West would have said it. But what he's basically saying is like everyone shuts the, needs to shut the fuck up. Like we're making our own Final Fantasy game and even people on the team need to shut the fuck up. Right. You know, yeah. Um, so that was interesting, and, and we all do have Final Fantasy disease in a way, because we all do have expectations of what it should be. Sure. And it's certainly my expectations are not being met. But but maybe this will be a good game. I hope so. I think outside it'll be, of I think what it'll you be, want I think it'll of your Final Fantasy, still be a good game. I think it'll be good. The character's probably going to be What's fascinating when he talks about there's people in the company, though, like how basically them being proved wrong, proven wrong doesn't work, right? Because they want the game to fail so they can sit there and be like, well, it, I told you, it's mm. not the Final Fantasy I wanted, which mm. isn't the Final Fantasy Colin wanted. Right. Probably put photos of you up on their desk. I'm sure someone in there has a Make photo. Make the game there. for him. Tactics, tactics, tactics. I wish. Number 11. Though EA ultimately greenlit Battlefield 1, the upcoming shooter coming from DICE, Patrick Soderlin, the head of EA Studios, originally turned down the developer's idea to set their granted shooter series in World War One. During EA's investor briefing, Soderlin noted that, quote, it wasn't the most obvious choice. When the team presented to me the idea of World War One, I, I absolutely rejected it. I said World War One is a trench war. It can't be fun to play. The team continued and persisted in the fact that this can be fun and showed up with a very short demo that convinced me at least that this was the right, the right path. The good news is whenever you take creative risks and it works, you can actually get to substantial success, end quote. And it seems like with the success of the trailer specifically, they're probably happy with this direction. Hopefully it pans out. I'm looking forward to playing it. It's funny that he said the same thing I think everybody else ever said, always said about it, right? Every time you <laughs> talked about Battlefront and like, why don't we do more World War One games or any of these shooters, right? It was always the fact that like, that's a boring ass mm -hmm. war to play. How are you going to play that and make it interesting? It's definitely a creative challenge. Number 12, we read already. That was Strauss Zelnick's quote. Set Number up. 13. Set up. Tecmo Koe and Team Ninja took the unusual step of releasing an early beta for its upcoming hack and slash single player game Neo. And stranger yet, it's using feedback via an online survey to correct things in the final game. I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> saw the demo. Did see the survey. GameSpot relayed what Team Ninja wants to change based on said feedback, including, quote, improved exploration elements, the removal of weapon and armor durability, and a revamped stamina system, end quote. Player and camera behavior, enemy lock-ons, lock and graphical performance will also be tweaked. Team Ninja released a full list of changes, which you can find by Googling, including the addition of better tutorials, AI adjustments, and much more. They released a massive list of things that they're changing, and I thought this was unusual not only to release a beta for a single-player game, but actually not just using it as a demo or using it to server, you know, server, stress server load or whatever, since they don't need to do that. They really are taking on board and changing the actual game. This could be a, uh, this is an unusual step in console gaming. Now, how do you feel about this? Because I remember when Final Fantasy did it. They then put out the demo again with the changes. Right. In it. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. I don't mind them putting out a demo. Well, see, that was also weird. Although Neo has been development for a very long time as well. So it's 
it is a little hypocritical, but Final Fantasy, like, to them, I'd be like, just go away and finish the fucking game. Sure. Because actually, we were talking about um, Kazunori before talking about how much time it takes to master put the master build in for a game when you have to release a beta, and they had to do that. And obviously, Final Fantasy XV's team had to do it twice, um, which certainly delayed the game. So sure. um, you have to imagine that that affected the development of the game. So it's, but it's cool to, to release those things and then gain some feedback directly. And you're right, Final Fantasy XV did that as well. But for a game like this, it was an unusual step, and I'm glad that they did it. And it was also good to promote the game a little bit. And I bet you this game does really well. When it it did get up. a lot of um, a lot of people were talking about it all of a sudden out of the blue. And number fourteen, wrap up. The Talos Principle, which came to PC in 2014 and PS4 in 2015, is officially getting a sequel, though no further details are known about it at this time. Did you play it? No, me neither. Never. I tried it. Just gonna get into it. RTS There Came and Echo comes to PS4 next week on May 31st. Survival game Seven Ways to Die comes to PS4 on June 28th. First person puzzler Soul Axiom comes to PS4 on June 7th. Strategy game Prison Architect comes to PS4 on June 28th. NASCAR's very first current gen game is called NASCAR Heat Evolution and will come to PS4 on September 13th. And finally, and perhaps most strange of all, is that Unravel, the EA published game created by Coldwood Interactive, is getting a sequel, which EA will also publish. And that is it for the news. Yarny lives again, Colin. They invested in the engine. There was positive buzz around him as a character. Nobody liked the game, it seemed that much. But no, it did seem like that, didn't it? Yarny will live again. Uh, and I'm excited about that. But Yarny, too, is so far away, Colin. If I wanted to know what came to the mom and grop shops this week, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation 3, and sometimes PSP software by the kind of funny co-founders. Arcade Archives Formation Armed F. What the fuck? Comes to PS4 Digital. This is out on the 27th, so this is a Friday release? Yes. Armed F is a shooting game that was released from Nichibutsu in 1988. Players equip armor, and it's, in quotes, what can make for... Oh my god. Give it to me. Armed F is a shooting game that was released from Nichibutsu in 1988. Players equip armor what can make variety attacks and fight in variety worlds such as the insect stage and the machine stage. Wipe out enemies in a wide range attack with reversing the armor to change formations. Yes, perfect. anyone even read that? It's perfectly clear. Players equip armor what can make variety attacks and fight in variety world such as the insect stage and the machine stage. Wipe out enemies in a wide range attack with reversing the armor to change formations. Makes sense. Don't you want to go to Variety World, everybody? Jesus fucking Christ. I live in Variety World every day. Never stops. Crazy Strike Bowling EX comes to PS4 Digital. It's out on Wednesday. Join Aiden, Mr. Jenkins, and a host of other cute, fun-filled characters in Crazy Strike Bowling EX, a wacky bowling game fit for the whole family. Get a strike in new and distant bowling lands from the exotic forests of the Amazon to the pyramids of Egypt. Battle your friends in exhibition or battle mode. Or dodge obstacles in challenge mode. Go crazy and use your character's special move to knock those bowling pins into oblivion while unlocking secret worlds and costumes. With level ups, Crazy Strike Bowling EX is a strike for all ages. Ah, they should have said a turkey. That turkey's, turkey's better than a strike. It is. Turkey's is the best way you can end. Downwell comes to PS4 and Vita hey. Digital. Downwell is a curious game about a young person venturing down a well in search of untold treasures with only his gun boots for protection. Make your way further and further down into the darkness filled with nasty creatures and mysterious secrets to collect the spectacular red gems scattered about the rocks. Heard a lot of good things. Me too. I'm excited, excited to, play. to play it. Dungeons 2 comes to PS4 digital and retail. In Dungeons 2, which might be the fucking worst name of video, a video game ever. What are you talking about? Everybody loves Dungeons. Now they know the Dungeons period was so successful. There's a 2. You gotta get on this one. In Dungeons 2, fulfill the Dungeon Lord's insatiable quest for vengeance by recruiting fearsome new monsters from all corners of the underworld in order to undertake his evil bidding. 
Take control of the mighty dungeon lord and craft a network of unique and terrifying dungeons and recruit an army of fearsome creatures. Prepare to defend your kingdom against those pesky heroes and go above ground to wage war on their human cities. The Last Blade 2 comes to PS4 and Vita Digital. Hell's Gate is a boundary between life and death. Four mythological symbols are about to fight an ultimate spirit awakened from the netherworld to the death and send him straight to Hell's Gate. In addition to 12 combatants from the previous title, four brand new characters and two hidden characters join the fight in the gorgeous roster of 18 characters. Thank you for doing the math. Select your favorite sword attack type among the power, speed, and extreme modes. Master the repel mechanic to counter your opponent's attacks. And when the time comes, activate the super secret slash, hidden secret slash, and enigma frenzy attack. Oh, the ultimate enigma frenzy attack. In order to change the outcome of the battle, discover or rediscover the last Blade 2, which is still considered as the pinnacle of the blade-based fighting game genre around the world to this day. I have you gonna discover? no idea what the fuck Are you going to discover about. or rediscover, Colin? Neither. Lumo comes to PS4 Digital. Witness the rebirth of the genre in Lumo, a classic isometric adventure with a modern twist for gamers young and old alike. As a contemporary take on the long-lost isometric platform genre, Lumo can be enjoyed by anyone looking for an absorbing, challenging, and rewarding adventure. But for those who live through the golden age of video games, the 80s and early 90s, or know about the games and culture from that time, layer upon layer of nods, winks, and touches to those times help build upon an experience that's as heartwarming as it is exciting. With over 400 rooms across four unique zones, six hidden minigames, and all kinds of secrets to uncover, Lumo is the true voyage of discovery. How much you discover just depends on how hard you look. <laughs> Overwatch comes to PS4 digital and retail. Clash on the battlefields of tomorrow and choose your hero from a diverse cast of soldiers, scientists, adventurers, and oddities. Bend time to five physics and unleash a dizzying array of extraordinary powers and weapons. Engage your enemies in iconic locations from around the globe in the ultimate team-based shooter. Take your place in Overwatch. The world needs heroes. Are you aware that everyone in the world is excited for this game? Yeah. I can't. I The Twitter feed is on fire today. This whole weekend on fire. People counting down the hours of this. I was like, all right, good and cool. Yeah, Enjoy but, yourselves. Yeah, but Battleborn is really long for this world, right? Yeah. Retsnam comes to PS4 Digital. Retsnam is an innovative puzzle platformer game in pixel art style that allows players to alter the game environment by mirroring sections of the level and rearranging it on the fly. Sounds like work, not fun. Mirrors reflect objects left to right. Players should understand the way the way how. Come on, guys. Players should understand the way how mirrors flip the world to solve the stages. They should understand that. The ability to bend the world to players will is a very cool gameplay mechanic that rewards experimentation as players make their way through this rather sinister world. You have a daughter. She is unfortunately infected I by do? a zombie virus. How old is she? like a non sequitur. The only way to save your daughter is to visit the laboratory in the future and steal the medicine that is expected to be made by your colleagues. You also but have a glue research analogy. team is hiding in the maze using mirrors. They decorated the maze using features on a mirror in each level. All right. You can't remember if you left the iron on when you left the house today. Someone has to show these guys how to write these. They're fucking terrible. In the sixth I do grade, not Sally understand. told you she wasn't interested in you. Do I have to go back and fucking read the other one? For Arcade Archives Formation Armed F. Armed F is a shooting game that was released by Nichi Bitsu in 1988. Players equip armor, what can make variety attacks, and fight in variety world, such as the insect stage and the machine stage. Wipe out enemies in a wide range attack with reversing the armor to change formations. Who the fuck is writing this? Now, to be clear, what and that are pretty much, you can swap them in and out. They're synonyms. You can just whoop, whoop. It doesn't matter. I'm concerned about this because good games can be flying under the radar because if I read that shit, I'd be like, fuck you guys. If I read this, if I was interested in Retsnam and it looks interesting, if I read this and I was like, what? Like, like, does anyone realize this is the point of entry for thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are going to buy this game, that could buy this game? Write better. And if you can't write better, or if you're not in, uh, if it's not English isn't your first language, 
or it's just not your you, like Sony should be helping them. How are they putting this stuff up like this? You know, this is weird to me. Mm. You're you're taking the time to QA this game to certify it and all this stuff, and then you put out that. It's more weird that they don't put up screenshots or videos for every one of these games. It's fucking weird, man. This is like not rock. I'm you know not rocket science by any stretch of the imagination. Bet you'd sell way more games if you actually took your time and did this right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutants in Manhattan comes to PS4 and PS3, oh. digital and retail. Battle alongside your brothers through the sewers, subways, and streets of NYC to take down Shredder and Krang's evil organization. Foot, Spoilers, your turtles. Foot by foot. Unleash custom combat skills and powerful team combos to save Manhattan from the overwhelming dark forces growing in the shadows. Now they have bullet points. Assemble your team you in like four... Po- yeah, it's better than... I mean, this tells me what you need to know, right? Assemble your team in four-player online co-op mode. Fight fan-favorite enemies like Bebop and Rocksteady. Visually stunning, fast-paced combat, true to Platinum Games' signature style. Gritty comic-inspired art style turns a new chapter in TMNT history. Original story penned by IDW Comics TMNT author Tom Waltz. That tells me way more than any of the other ones did, just in a bullet point. Again, you have a daughter. It's easy. It's right there. I told you what you need to know. She's unfortunately infected with a zombie virus. You can go into Variety World. What switch weapon? <laughs> I can't. This final game is called Zombie The Last Survivor. It comes to Vita Digital. Now, what I'm concerned about with this is that it look, this art that they showed looks like it was made in paint. Yeah, but you know, you you finish the game, you get the game out, you don't have to, you're, you forget that you need a fucking image for the PlayStation blog. The world is over and the zombie apocalypse is here. For years, you have been preparing for this moment and it finally happened. Sounds like me. Resisting in your bunker is harder and harder. Your food is almost gone. Your ammo is finished and your weapons are broken. Does not sound like you prepared that much for no. the zombie apocalypse. Your only chance to survive is reaching a rescue point. There are many days of travel. That's a good point. You've tr- you've prepared years for this, but you have nothing. Re- nothing's going your way. <laughs> you've been ready for this forever, but you thought it would be taken care of in three days. Go deep into the sixteen passionate levels. They're passionate levels in which you test your aim and your skills, crushing as many zombies as you can. Passionate levels? What the fuck does that mean? It means they were built with passion, or you're passionate about playing them. Zombies: The Last Survivor is a mix between a two D shooter and an action RPG. During the game, you will have four different weapons, counting mines, and you will use them to finish with fifteen kinds of zombies that you will find on your way to salvation. I can't anymore. That one told you stuff. That gave you a lot of numbers. That was good. That's like back of the box kind of shit. Four different weapons. Counting mines. Like just, just you say know. four different weapons. It wanted you to know mines are in there. It doesn't want you to get the thing. You're getting four guns. You get three guns and a mine. Maybe a knife in there too. You don't know. A shotgun, a pistol, on, a knife, and a mine. You're killing yourselves. Don't they realize that they're just killing themselves with this stuff? I'm rooting for all these developers. Here's they're not my question. making it easy. Here's my question. And here's what we're going to do. We're, we're now going into analysis. Scroll down to the comments. Okay. How many comments are in there that are saying something about how horribly written these are? Because honestly, I think what happens for the majority of these games are if I'm if I'm a gamer and I go to the place, you start thinking about the pie, right? We have our circle. This is gamers. We have this percentile that go to the PlayStation blog. We have this percentile that read that every time. Then I'm not even going. This is this percentile that goes into this post every week, I should say. Then of that, you have this percentile that actually reads the descriptions. Because I imagine most people go in here and they scroll through and see titles. They see the key art and then they YouTube a video. What is this game? It's just this pixelated dude holding his daughter's hand. You start reading. Oh, it's zombie. She, oh, I have a daughter. It's zombie infected. You jump out to go try to find something about it. I don't think the word I, I, I'd be very fascinated to see how much the words matter. Right. But here's the other thing. Give me your pen. Yeah. So you have made it for the people Click at it. home because you can't see it even if you're watching the video. Greg's made a pie chart, uh, which he's then segmented about 20 percent off with that. Read the PS blog and then maybe half of them that would ever read the drop. Yeah. And then I'm just going to color in the rest of it. Yeah. These are the people that don't buy PSN games at all. Right. They so that's so that is so that is your PSN fucking audience. Games. The occasional P 
PSN game. But how Just many, a little you, bit of mathematics. We got any for comments you. in there about people pissing, getting mad about this? Nope, none yet. I'm how many comments are you having? Fifty-seven comments. Okay. Is Pology in there? I bet Pology's in there uh, somewhere. I don't know. I'm sick of looking for Pology. Okay, Let's sorry, Pology. That's my. That's the chart we did. How you doing? Greg Miller, kind of funny.com. Excited to see you kind of funny live this week. No, I don't see anything. I'm on. See, I don't, I just don't know that that many people care. And I don't know. I feel like it's just white noises. Remember, we used to put up all the time on IGN. Uh, we'd go through originally Jeff did it. Then I did it. And then I, you did it. Or Clements had it sometime in there too, where we jumped in there and went through, Hey, here we, everything that's coming to the PlayStation network this week. And nobody really talked about, it, nobody really cared. You know what I mean? You boil some stuff down. You, it clicked. Those well, stories did very well though. But what I'm saying is people went in and they saw their triple a games coming out and bounced. I don't think they were going through looking for the DLC. They didn't care what rock. Maybe they cared every so often what rock band songs were right, on there, right. but there's so much information in there that I just don't think, I think you pick and choose what you have. And so when you get here, and you find the one game that isn't does the description doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't even I don't even think you're reading about it. I don't even you know because the games do such a bad job of even telling you what they are. The key art does such a bad job of telling you what it is. The Microsoft Paint image does such a bad job of so making bad, you care dude. about this game. But it's just like why the question is, and we I know you know what I know people from Sony. A lot of them listen to this, so I'm just gonna say what I need to say. Why are you guys just hanging these guys out to dry? You know why even bother trying to get these games? And and certify them and do all this kind of stuff with them if you're not going to try to sell them. Well, you're not doing that zombie game on Vita any favors by letting them put up a shitty piece of art like that with fucking grammatical errors, but galore in their write up. No commas, nothing like that is any. I know. I know everyone that works on PlayStation blog, all fantastic writers, and I know that they're pinched. And they probably just get these things and they, and they might have a directive not to edit it at all because the developers don't want them to. But they should be like, we could probably rewrite this for you and sell this game a little bit better. Do we have a ROM that we can play right now, an early build of the game? And like, sure, let's but write you're it talking about a perfect world where you have endless time. You know what I mean? I'm sure for, I don't even know who, I mean, think about it like what a drag it was to be the person at IGN that made that article where we went through and HTML coded at the time and did all these different things with it and fucking put up. It wasn't a fun assignment. I'm sure this isn't a fun assignment either. This is brain dead activity. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like just copy and paste lowest common denominator get it up as fast as possible and so yeah you're talking about like if you had a, a larger team or at least more free time to sit there and play ROMs and actually do all this stuff sure but I also think it comes down to that it costs money to get your game certified so that's it I don't think PlayStation necessarily gives a shit about the Vita let alone this zombie game that's right but, to it. But, but what about all of those games and, and to, to I mean yeah time is an, is an issue but I could rewrite literally all of those and make them all better in an hour yeah Not that, right there you have a cottage industry like I'll totally do it. It's like, that's not even hard. It's like a fuck. It's like probably one of the easiest things I could possibly do with my week is like taking that zombie apocalypse thing and be like, I can actually make this coherent. The, the arcade archives thing. That's like in totally broken, clearly Japanese translated English. Yeah. And they just were like, yeah, let's just put that up. Right. But and I'm not blaming anyone specifically. No, no, I'm just no, saying no. that seems to be a, almost a cultural thing because if I looked at, I'd be like, I, first of all, I'm not even making fun of it to the point where like, I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. Like that's actually to the point where yeah, the zombie game, I get it. The non sequitur and another one, it's like, okay, you probably just cut that out or maybe put that a little higher. Right. You know, um, I don't know. I think it's relevant. If you don't, if they don't, like, why do I care if they don't care? No, that, well, I think that's a great, but the comments I think are showing that not people don't care. I think, I think when you're talking about the amount of content the PlayStation blog puts out, does this really rank in terms of what their workload is? is what Sid and Justin and Ryan have to do over there? All right, shut your mouth. Shut my mouth. No, shut your mouth, sir. Because what I mean, we missed something, Colin. We did fucked you? up a bit in you our. Fucked up, did I or did you? You did, in me to a lesser extent, but mainly you, mainly you. We did our bullshitting around at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. We did the Roper report, mm-hmm. Roper's report. No, don't we don't co- don't copyright. Oh, and then we me. did the games exactly. And just now, just now, 
we're going to take the time to wish Ryan Clements a happy oh, baby. Yeah. Ryan Clements, a fucking founder of Podcast Beyond for the oh, most that's part. Incredible. Come, that's had incredible. a fucking baby over the that's weekend. Incredible. Soma came out with a full head of hair. Looks Named like he's got anime the hair. game as far as I understand. Yes, he was a huge, it was that or Amy. Ryan <laughs> was just, Ryan was touched very deeply by Soma. Yeah. It, uh, touched in a less deep way by Amy so yeah exactly exactly well I think, it, I think it was a child was, I was gonna say yeah, if it was gonna be a girl then you'd bro. go over there and you name it Amy but congratulations Ryan Clements Palm Cider and your wife Neethi of course on the birth of your child yeah many congratulations yeah we we, we both uh, tweeted out to him uh, I haven't reached out to him personally because I, I feel like he's probably busy and knowing right Ryan away. he's probably freaking out so he's probably bubble wrapping the baby yeah I can't even imagine yeah what it would be like to be Ryan Clements's child <laughs> all right I'm just gonna throw that out there but God bless him uh We'll hope to see and meet the child soon. And and uh, in I the told him bring it to kind of funny life. Oh yeah, a week old, perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's great. We can it can be the whole Lion King kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll crowd surf it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, babies are very cavemen were raising babies. Exactly. You tell they're them probably leaving them in the cave by themselves for hours at a time. Sure, playing with smashing fucking rocks together. That's how exactly. they discovered Flint made fire. Probably so. Uh-huh. Some baby burned down the whole place. <laughs> the cave? Yeah, the cave. <laughs> burned down the, all the nice cave paintings and pelts got um, caught on fire. Yeah, congratulations, Ryan. Yeah, that was that was huge news. That was a surprise because I didn't realize that Neethi was due. Oh yeah, I, I, it was. I uh, it was coming. I knew that I baby know was that. coming. I probably knew, but I probably didn't know. Sure, that I only remembered because of kind of funny live in E three. I knew they were, it was right around there. Oh okay, right, 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 right. Same thing with the Eric Hart baby. Now here's the thing for Ryan Clements. Here we go. Has he gotten out of going to E3? Because that would be huge. oh yeah, of course he has. Of course huge. he has. What great timing! Unless he goes there and he has that thing where he puts the baby on his chest the entire time. You got to have sex in what? Let's see, uh, like September-ish or so to get that E3 baby. So you don't have to go to E3. Sure. Right. I guess uh, what uh, is that math work out? Nine months. Yeah, that's I right. knew I should have gotten right. you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's not through lack of trying. Time. For topic of the show, this one comes from ADTN64. Hi, Colin, and hi, Greg. Hi. PS4, the franchise eater. I can't stop thinking about how the PS4 has become the platform where franchises are coming to die. We saw Naughty Dog bid goodbye to the Amazing Uncharted series. We saw the last Metal Gear, Witcher, Dark Souls, and Arkham game. We probably played the last Infamous and Killzone, and I think the next Mass Effect is also the last one. I'm not sure about Mass Effect. All of the games, except Mass Effect, since it hasn't been released, are awesome. So, I felt like the one last time for all these games. I'd like to know what your thoughts are on so many franchises finishing up in close proximity, and are there any that you'll miss dearly, apart from the obviously Uncharted? I love the work you guys do and respect your opinions. Then he has a bunch of PSs. I'm going to get time for postscripts. <clears throat> except our entire show. <laughs> It, it's it's an interesting idea when you sit there and look at it. That, yeah, the PS4 is where all these franchises are coming to die. Yeah, but that's every that's every console. Has well, it is and it isn't, right? Because that's what we always talked about, or I always talk about with Naughty Dog and what their legacy was before, right? Of Crash on PS1, Jack on PS2, and then Uncharted on PS3, which then came over. And then Last of Us came over, too, mm. where you're getting these little things. I think it's the bleed is that now more than ever, sequels sell better. I think it's, it is such a uphill battle to go out there and launch a new IP. I remember, la- I think Last of Us was a great canary in the coal mine in terms of, nope, this can work. You know, if you're a developer on this kind of caliber, if you're a developer right now who's making amazing games and you have a fan base behind you, Insomniac, Naughty Dog, all these different people, you now have proof that you can go out and do something and make it different and have it be a success. Whereas before it would have been, just keep making Uncharted, just keep making this. Yeah, I mean, I dispute, I mean, I don't think Killzone's dead. Um, and infamous yeah infamous is probably dead no way there'll be another infamous. I, I not feel, anytime soon 
I well, I mean, then all, none of these are really dead, right? Like Dark Souls is probably really isn't dead. Arkham's probably really not dead. I mean, but but the point is, is that like last generation, like Twisted Metal died on PS3 and Warhawk died on PS3. I mean, it's not like there there are franchises that came and went on that console too. I'm I'm just saying that this is not unique. I can name you every. I can name you a bunch of John, you know, a bunch of games that died on every console. Sure, it's, it's not like. So I, I I feel what you're saying, but it's interesting, but it's not unique or novel in any way. I mean, the PS1 had a lot of games that died. PS2 especially it probably is actually the biggest one that had a lot of shit that just died on it. So I wouldn't read too much into it in my opinion. But Of course. And I like you're saying you think you're another Arkham game. I don't know if you will. I think you're another Batman game. You don't have to worry about that. I think the Arkham part of it's done. Uncharted, we talk about maybe one day in the far flung future getting another one. I think you will. Metal Gear, questionable. They say they're going to. Yeah, I know, but I think they'll learn I think they'll. I think that'll fail. Well, I still fail. think they're gonna have a problem getting any talent to work on it. Sure. Who would want to work there? Right. Well, if you got enough time to go by, maybe the idea of I get to reboot Metal mm-hmm. Gear, I get to try to do this. Uh, Witcher, I don't think it's over with. No, Witcher's not over. They said uh, CD Projekt said they want to make another Witcher. It's just that they make games so fucking slow over there. Right. They, God knows when we're gonna get another. One Cyberpunk's gonna be out in fucking twenty twenty. Just worry about that. Well, now that and, and everyone had to buy Witcher three, so now they have all this. They're flush with money, so now they really don't have to fucking do anything. <laughs> that's that's your problem. Is everybody supported the Witcher three? Um, do, are there any you miss, Colin? Yeah, because that was the thing. Are there any franchises that you dearly miss that have ended? Oh yeah, Animusha is a huge one for me. Resist- you, but that'll Resistance be back one day. Is dead. Resistance is a good example. Um, I'll give you that. Animusha, I hope comes back. You would assume that it would have already. It's been ten years since uh, Dawn of Dreams. I think was the last one. Uh, Resistance, I think, will come back. I just don't. Uh, know when or who will do it or how. I don't think Insomniac will do it, and I'd love to write that game. Um, and I'm dead serious about that. There's a few games I'm dead serious about writing, and Mega Man was one of them, and Resistance is one of them. Um, other series I miss? Sure. I uh, Patapon, come on, get on the boat. Patapon, sure. Local Roco comes up, not for me, but a lot of people I know. People really whenever like I Loco mention Patapon, they got to fucking t- toss their goddamn Local Roco hooks into it, trying to make sure. get them both back. Sure, sure, sure. We just sure, need sure, one sure, Patapon. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I mean, third party, I'd always say Classic Mega Man and uh, Castlevania. Sly Cooper did. If the movie hits, maybe, maybe if it's not going to hit the the, I mean Ratchet, I think lost money, so I don't. Yeah. I mean Ratchet had a way better chance than Sly. I think that um, Sly is probably dead. I don't. I I hope not though. The thing the the unfortunate thing about Sly Four is that it was set up for Sly Five. There was a definite reference to to another game, and I thought that the game sold well enough and respectably enough that they would do it, but they're not going to. So, or at least they have no plans on doing it. So, <coughs> don't, die. don't die. I think you'll see another Sly eventually. I'd like to. Because I think they got to do something if they're putting out the movie. It's a great character. Sly's a great character. Yeah, Sly's awesome. I think the Ratchet and Clank games are better than Sly Cooper, but I think Sly Cooper's a better character than Ratchet and Clank. I'll give you that. I agree with that 100%. Shit Glad we it. finally had something here. Shit we could come together on. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Uncharted feature is as clear as you think it is. I do. I know you do. I think That's that, why it's fun to I don't want to talk about about it because a lot of people well maybe some people haven't played it yet right but it's so obvious it's so obvious maybe they're not going to do it but clearly there's an intent right i don't think the intent there i think the door the the open door is there but again i think that's like you'd launch the playstation 6 with it you take that much time off and then then but then at that point i think when you're talking about what naughty dog in 2016 is thinking they're thinking we are done with uncharted oh yeah no i don't think that it's going to be them i just think that they have a directive to keep it open and i think that was a really clever way to keep it open. you think their directive is from playstation saying keep it open no way in hell 
I, I can't imagine a world where PlayStation talk, talks to them that I way. Because if they did that, they would all freak out. They're all these artists. They all do this. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I still think that you, there's... I mean, we Neil, know... Neil and Bruce wear those berets, and they're like, we, they we, we're artists. They are very French. Uh... I think that there, so I think the, so I think clearly Naughty Dog has a high degree of autonomy. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I still think that it's way overstated that they get to do whatever they want to do, and they're not paying the bills. Sony owns that studio and owns that IP. Sure. And if they go in and say like, you need to do something to keep this open, you don't have to work on it anymore. But like, if we want to go back to this, we need to have a way to go back to it. And I think that that's what they did. Mm, I disagree. I think there might have been a creative intent behind it. I think it's a really clever way. I did not expect that. Sure. I did not see that coming. That was a big left turn for me, but. Um, I think that there is more than just creative intent there. I think that there is an intent to keep it open for the future, and I think that's a great way to do it. And I would be really excited to see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you won't though. I think you will. Okay, maybe. I mean, we won't be doing the show by the time it happens. But yeah, we'll it, be but, alive. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think early twenty twenties. Sure. It has to be later than that. You have to give it a long time if you want to do that. You don't because it's all. I don't want to talk about it because it's, it's going to spoil it. Okay. But you don't think about it. You don't have to wait that long. In fact, like it doesn't have to be contemporaneous to any specific time. I'm talking about like not the timeline in the game world. I'm talking about the timeline in our world. Like you can't be like it's the final. You know, Nathan Drake's adventures closed and all this other bullshit. And then like Nathan okay, Drake's well, adventures are closed. Yeah, but it's not. No, 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 no. No. All right. So maybe, maybe it launched a PlayStation Five. But even then, I think that's such a far. F- I I don't. I I just don't buy for a second that Sony would come in and say that to them, because I think that even causes more trouble. We're, we, don't worry, just you have to keep it open, but we, you don't have to work on it. They'd be like, "Fuck that! No, you're not taking. We're not. No, what? No." I just feel like there's got to be some. There, there's got to be a ba- bigger balance between like they they have carte blanche, but it's not tot in totality. Well, yeah, I don't think it's like we're taking four years off or something. It's yeah, and like not I, I, I do agree that they've earned their right. I mean, I don't think anyone disputes that they've earned their right to do what they want to do. But I think it's just that you could say the same thing about The Last of Us. Like that game could have ended very differently. And I don't think that I think that there's part of it is keeping it open. They could have killed those characters, you know, like they could have literally wrapped The Last of Us up and had been done. They didn't. And now you think that's a director from Sony as well? No, I'm thinking okay. that that's 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 being that's a creative intent, but that's also being like we can we can squeeze more out of this. Like there's why close the door, you know? And I think that that's kind of the thing with Uncharted is like, yeah, it's the end, but it's not really the end. But I think if not, we don't want it to be. And but if, I, but and I, here's my thing. Years, here's my like, thing. Yeah, it was the end. I think the door not being closed in the Uncharted universe or whatever, right? Isn't so much for Naughty Dog. It isn't so much for Sony. It is for you, the fan. That guess what? things continue again we don't want to spoil all this shit you know what i mean like there's there is life here and this is how this goes and da, da, da. i don't think it's so much though that like this is our get out of jail free card to come back to it's just that don't hey everybody there's a happy ending here for you in some fashion we care about you and you feeling like this was a payoff for you hard to talk about like this yeah well let's not talk about it anymore trophy time colin what do you got for me all right four games four games have trophies this week by the way just as a comment i think we talked about it a while ago but galaga's trophies are pretty actually not that very easy but pac-man trophies are miss pac-man trophies are fucking absurdly you platinum it no i i mean you have to sit there and do you have to beat all the stages and collect all the fruit there's a few difficult ones but you can get a lot of trophies in that game really yeah. easily. um there are four games i wanted to highlight uh today Downwell is the first one and people are excited about this one because it has a platinum. <gasps> uh, five bronzes, ten silvers, Woo. seven golds, Woo. 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 one platinum. Walk me through. Are they hard? Uh, complete a level without taking damage. 
Complete a level without visiting side rooms. Complete a level without shooting. These Ooh. are all bronzes. Land a 10 combo and land a 30 combo. So those are all bronzes. The silvers. Complete an area without taking damage. Beat the first area. Beat the second area. Beat the third area. Beat the fourth area. Beat the boss. Complete a level without killing any enemy. Complete a level without landing. Land a 100 combo. Have more than 3,000 gems. And then gold. Complete an area without landing. Beat the first area hard mode. Beat the second area hard mode. Beat the third area hard mode. Beat the fourth area hard mode. Beat the boss hard mode. Have more than 5,000 gems. That sounds platinumable to me. I don't like I hard mode talks. I don't like I that. love hard mode. I love me a good hard mode. You're always in hard mode from what I hear. <sighs> At least half the day. Yeah. It's because uh, you're on Kevin so much. <laughs> Kevin likes it when I poke him. Sometimes in my hard mode. Uh, let's see. The last Blade 2 has trophies, 19 bronzes and a silver. Okay. Um, and this is, of course, the one that is on top of the the last. The uh, what is it? Fucking, I just fucked it up. Who, who, you know what? Who even gives a shit? All the they trophies, made up a genre so yeah. they could say they are in front of it. And I, it's, it's, it I think it's like sword battle, like Bushido Blade. Um, so all of the trophies except for three are for beating the game as certain characters. Those are all bronzes. The silver is no continue game clear, and then play in time attack and beat fifteen characters in a row, and play in time attack and beat thirty characters in a row. So there's no platinum, but you can probably get all those trophies pretty easily. Smite trophies are up. Smite, of course, is a very popular MOBA right. for the nerds. That the was on Xbox dorks. One. Smite has 19 bronzes, 19 silvers, 2 golds, and a platinum. Um, so a lot of these trophies, like 5 mastered assassins, 5 mastered guardians, 5 mastered hunters, those are bronzes and silvers. 25 assault matches played, 25 joust, 3v3 matches played, so you get silvers for those. Um, and then getting kills, getting sprees, etc., reaching certain levels... And uh, unfortunately, there's no trophy for being a huge fucking nerd. I think that's the platinum. But that, yeah, that's... If you, smite, if you get the pla- smite platinum, you dorks, when you could be playing Downwell on your Vita over on Vita Island. And Tim and trophies are up. Oh, good. How are they? 38 bronze, 10 silver, 2 gold, and a platinum. 38 bronze. Jeezy, measy. So play online at least once is one of them. Complete easy or normal mode. Complete hard mode. Equip at least one emblem to your profile. Obtain 25% of all collectibles, 50% of all collectibles, and all collectibles. Traverse a total of 32 miles, 150 miles. Dismantle charms 30 times. Charm effects 30 times. Disarm bombs, etc. Protect 10 pizza trucks. Protect 30 ATM machines. Transport 30 Krang bombs to a portal. Krang bombs? Destroy 30 cameras and laser devices. Destroy a helicopter. Have all turtles turn into zombies simultaneously by touching contaminated water. Of course. Find the secret room in the TCRI building. Um, have Mikey do his co-op move finishing pose during the snapshots when a boss is defeated. Have everyone perform a communication action during the snapshots when a boss is defeated. That shit sounds annoying. Anyway, this sounds doable. Yeah, but annoying. Mm-hmm. Trying to time that communication feature. This show is called Next Time Take a Cab. Defeat Rocksteady and Bebop by letting them get run over by a train. Okay. So those are the trophies I want. To I want to try this game. Me too. It looked interesting. Me too. Okay. I hope it's good. I, I'm skeptical. I think, it, what are your expectations? You're not getting a Batman Arkham game out of it, but you're getting a Ninja That's Turtles six. beat them up, run through. I think Platinum can nail that. They nailed it with Transformers, people always yeah, said. They right? didn't nail it with some other games, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I know, but this, I think, is a... Uh, that's the thing, is I think this is not this, this is not a Legend of Korra, where people sit down and are expecting Legend of Korra and get this weird beat em up. Sure. This is fucking Ninja Turtles. Beat them up. Fucking let the train run them over. Is that so hard? They're, they ate fucking ooze. <laughs> now nah, they look like this. This rhino has a machine gun. Let the train hit them. <laughs> Done. All right. <laughs> fucking action figures. I got two trophy time questions for you, Colin. You ready? Okay. Yes. NHM. No. NMH2105. Rolls off the fucking tongue. Says, hello, Colin and Greg. Hello. 
As of May 17, 2016, Collins Trophy level is currently 28 with 4,835 points until level 29. Greg, you are also level 28 with 6,710 points to level 29. Seeing as how you are a mere 1,875 points separates you both, could this be enough to rekindle the long dormant trophy war between you two? P.S. Colin has 53 platinums to Greg's 45, but as Greg always says, You're it's the up. trophy level that counts. No, it's not. First of all, that's such bullshit. Everyone knows platinums are what count. That is not but true. The, but the... And my platinums are also way harder than Greg's, but that's another thing entirely. The, the, you know, I have the Shovel Knight Platinum, I have the Bioshock Platinum, I have, you know, some difficult Platinums. You do. I did not argue that fact. You know, you're sitting over here fucking doing these jerk-off Platinums all, all the time. Oh, I got a Lego Dimensions Platinum. It was very impressive. Fuck very you. impressive Platinum, Fuck Greg. We're all very impressed you. with your Lego Dimensions Platinum you can shut and it. your Hannah oh, Montana right. Platinum. Right. Now, the Hannah Montana thing was back in a time where we all played bad games. Now, you didn't do Hannah Montana, but don't act like you didn't play bad games. Now, the Lego Dimensions is part of my thing where I, pl- I Platinum the games <laughs> I want. Yeah, I know. They can't hear you. <laughs> Lego Dimensions is part of my thing with Platinums. You, I only Platinum the games I really, really care about. You may plug it back in now and get back on the show. Is it working? Yes, it's working. It works fine, yeah. So don't throw the stone at the Lego Dimensions thing, because I'm not arguing that you have harder platforms. You do, you totally go after games that I never would. How's your Uncharted 4 Platinum? But back to this guy's question. Actually, Nicole, that's turns not a out hard a question. one. That's a time-consuming one. I'm just, letting, I'm just asking how it is. I'm just asking how it is. You're such a big Uncharted 4 fan, remember? I am a big Uncharted 4 yeah, fan. You, yeah, you're such a big fan. You really committed to beating it for the I review. I mean, I Platinum Uncharted 1 and 2 twice. How about you? No, I just did it once. Yeah. I like how you leave out three. Because <laughs> you're like, all right, I got things yeah, to do. Yeah, I, mean, I, I couldn't. <laughs> after a while, I can't do this anymore. I've seen, I've done this all. To Nicole's point, though, no, I'm not about rekindling the trophy war whatsoever at all. That was not fun when it happened. It was never a good time for us. No. It, it nearly bad. broke us. And yeah. that's not what it's about. No, I'm impressed. I was really burying you in Platinum for a while. You're definitely catching up. I've definitely, since we left IGN, been relaxed. I've probably only gotten, I mean, I got the Order, Shovel Knight. And maybe a few others since we even left. Like, I just don't play. Did you ever get Mad Max? No. Yeah. No. So, I feel like I've just become a little bit more relaxed, but I'm also just not, not try- I'm trying to, like, just let go of these games, like, when the time Yeah, comes. you're always talking about you want to be up someone's ass anymore. Yeah, Downwell sounds like it could be doable if I like it. That yeah. doesn't sound that hard. The problem is, the, the thing I run into the Platinums to this day is the fact that, oh, man, this is an achievable Platinum. I like this game. But then some other game comes around. Then some event comes around. Then, oh, going out and seeing friends or family comes around. And by the time it's like, all right, now I'll get back to that game. It's like, well, I'm already, I want to play something else. Something else is here. And I'd rather move on that way. Uncharted 4 came out at a really good time when it was like, all right, cool. I can just shut down and play this and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Plus, I wanted, as somebody who had Platinum, the other Uncharted games, to finish this off and, you know, send that off that way kind of thing. Sure. But like, even like Ratchet, like I played Ratchet for that weekend because the mood struck. And I was like, this game's fucking awesome. And I'm like, I would love to Platinum this, but. I'm halfway through that game, and now I have to find time to get back to finish it, let alone go back and platinum it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a million things going on. Sure. And same thing I talk about with volume all the time. Like, okay, cool. I'm on the plane. I want to play something. Volume I chip away at, but when I finally finish it, finish it, am I going to really want to go back? Yeah, and- there's just too many games, too many commitments, too many real-life commitments. Yeah. I just can't play like that anymore. Yeah. I try to keep up as best I can, but it's a similar thing what I was talking about in the beginning. Like, I have Doom and I have Homefront, and yet I wanted to play Galaga and Miss Pac-Man. I'm just going to follow... Yeah, you got to do what you want to do. I got to like I can't just be playing games to play games. I'm going to get back to Doom of course. I've been looking forward to Doom forever. Um, but will you? Yeah, I definitely will. I mean, Doom's 6 hour more, you know, game or sure. whatever. It's like really not that big of a deal. But uh Homefront, I had to kind of give up on cuz I was just like I just don't know why I don't know why I'm playing this. Yeah. I just don't want I'm 31 years old. I I can't I can't just be spending time like this anymore. I got to when a game strikes me like Uncharted did. And I was going to say to be clear what you're saying, 
is you can't be spending time like this playing a game you're not really enjoying. Exactly. Exactly. If you're going to play something, if you're going to commit time to it, you need to enjoy it. Exactly. Just to be clear. Exactly. Thank you. And that's why I was like, I just want to play Galaga. This, and I'm going to tell you what about Miss Pac-Man and Galaga way better than almost every game we play today. Still, Miss Pac-Man is a fucking masterclass of gameplay. Fucking awesome. The loop in that game is awesome. It's hard. It's rewarding. It's, it's, it's satisfying. It's funny that game's, that game's 36 years old and it's fucking kills a lot of these games in terms yeah. of just how it plays. Like the, it's just, it's a great Galaga is the same way. Galaga is fucking awesome. Galaga is awesome. Um, so I just feel like I needed to go back and have a gameplay experience. It's like what I, when I, what, every once in a while I turn on the NES or the Wii or the Wii U and just play virtual console games for like a week. Cause I'm just like, I just need to play a game, like a game, not these immersive the experience. Uh, December, January. Yeah. With that Wii? The Wii U, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. What'd you play? Mario 3. Uh, oh, I remember this when you dragged it into the room. Yeah. You, and you were looking for the sensor bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, now I'm caught up. Fucking Wii U, what a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, keep, sucks. <laughs> we keep jumping around it. I wanted to bring it up since we're here, all right? Empty First Aid Kit says, Hey, Geek, Colin, Porty, Kevin. I pre-ordered Homefront the Revolution for my PS4 and got maybe 45 minutes in before I couldn't endure it anymore. Basically, if you guys haven't noticed, it runs like absolute shit. Yeah, it does. I don't believe it gets more than 20 frames per second. And Colin, I know what you're thinking. You can't even tell. But trust me, no, you, you can, can fucking count these frames. No, you can't tell. This, this isn't... You're all, we're always bullshitting about 60 versus 30. A smooth experience, not... Well, I always say that I can't, I'm not one of these what I call frame rate savants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I can tell when a game's not running well. Yeah, exactly, exactly, well. exactly. Not only does it barely run, the gunplay is worse than Black Ops on Wii, and it's extremely buggy. I should also say I usually don't gripe about technical issues, as Arkham Knight is my 2015 game of the year, and Assassin's Creed Unity was one of the best things I've ever beaten. Oh, the only one I've ever beaten. My apologies. Anyways, my question is, is it right for me to get a refund? I'm considering calling Sony helplines and pleading with them for my money back but at the same time i feel like it's my fault for pre-ordering what do you think for some context on why i'd like my money back i'm a 17 year old kid who has to pick and choose where i put my paychecks thanks caleb or empty first aid kit p.s come to portland this is why you don't pre-order games exactly and i saw hey i don't think you're gonna get your money back no there's no way and every horror story i hear about playstation helplines in general i get so many tweets at me there was some kid who tweeted me today like can you help get uh, uh exposure on this and it was like he violated the te- terms of service by being hacked. It's like every time somebody tries to go out and get, get it doesn't work out. Yeah, so you're not. Getting I, money I, I wouldn't even go down that rabbit hole. Eat the sixty dollars. I don't care how old you are. Like, yeah. I know that it's a lot of money, but you're not going to get your money back. But learn from this experience. Yeah, don't pre. Why are people pre-ordering games? It's fucking dumb. Stop pre-ordering games, and you don't need to play a game on day one. Listen to us. You don't have to take our advice. But we jump on a lot of these fucking grenades for you. And by the way, I told you guys on Twitter and stuff that Homefront wasn't good. Right. That's the be- the bigger yeah. takeaway. Here's my my thing with pre-ordering or not pre-ordering. I pre-order games even if I don't. Let's say we don't get codes or whatever. I will buy. I went out and bought Lego Dimensions. Right. Like I, yeah, right I'm away. Get that really impressive platinum. Yeah. <sighs> I just dislike you because it seems like I don't mind you making fun of the Hyena Montana or like what did you, you have like surfs up and shit like you have that garbage too. So don't act like you're not. You're like you didn't whore yourself up. out like we all did. Up. Lego Dimensions does not Where count. Lego Dimensions are? is a great fun time. Twenty five hours, all right. Rango, yeah, Rango, yeah. Here, other fucking cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah, We're all a bunch one. of fucking monsters. Um, but the thing about it is, like, there's enough warning on these games. You know what I mean? Like, if you were super stoked for Doom. You should have pumped the brakes when there were no reviews before Doom. That should have been a big tip off. And like you can take away that people had done the multiplayer and played the demo and that was cool and that was good. If that's what you're getting into, great. That's fine. Homefront 
was fucking ghost town on impressions. There was the event you went to, but outside of that, nothing. And it wasn't like those impressions people were coming away with. God, and I wish I great. played it there because I probably would have had the impression that it was not good. Exactly. Now the the uh, yeah, the thing is, is that I don't understand this mentality of like hyper consumerism where. We all get excited about something, right? Right. The, this movie's out. I can't wait to see it. Or, uh, you know, uh, this book's out or this this album or whatever. Like, I need to consume it right this very second. And the way I always look at it is like, listen, dude, like you waited three years for this game. You know? Yeah. Can't you just wait a few more days to make sure that your money's being invested in a way? Find a critic or a series of critics just that you trust. Wait for some impressions. Look at the Metacritic score. It might not all be reflective of the way you feel about the game, but it could be it could be uh, indicative of the way you may feel about the game. And so I feel like pre-order culture is really corrupting the youth, the youth, and the, and the adult uh, population of game of gamers because they like want to get in and they want to pre-order and not worry about it. But then you like end up with a dud. Meanwhile, if you really just waited like forty-eight hours, you would have not had this problem. I feel like it's the pre-order culture you're talking about being a problem. I'm gonna say eighty-five percent of the time isn't a problem. Like when like Overwatch is coming out, everyone's freaking out. It's because there's fucking a million hours on YouTube of this game. Yeah, the, the people beta and, and there and was the beta and all that. So and like, Uncharted is the same way. If you pre-ordered those games, you're totally fine. You get that. I think Homefront is definitely one that you should have sensed. Wait a second. Why am I not seeing stuff about this? I Where mean, is this game? I mean, I was hopeful for Homefront. I didn't. I wasn't optimistic about it. You have to remember, three studios worked on this game. Like, it's just it wasn't going to be great no matter what. I, I think the fact that it even got out at all is pretty impressive. But it's sure. definitely an incoherent game. And yeah. from what I've played, like, I just don't get it. And uh, it's disappointing. Like, why did they make like, why do they even have to make it like this? I can go on a whole thing about Homefront. Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, why did you guys do this? Like, chaos. It's 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 amazing that chaos really outdid you in every way. <laughs> and they were like, you know, lambasted for fucking Homefront, the original Homefront. So, right. Even though I think that that was a fine game. So like Shadow of the Beast, another great example of like where this game, like that all game, of a sudden that it's game like coming up. You're like, well, there, that's right. a big problem. Don't pre-order that. Don't and jump that's on a them. first fucking party. That's a, well, it's a second party game, a first party published game exclusive. And you when they they just stop talking about it I'm like you know this game's fucked up like they they wouldn't they don't do this to house something's happening son they don't do this to quantic dream they're doing it to fucking shadow of the beast and you know why they're doing it they're not the people always lose sight of the fact that like these people aren't stupid they know when a game's not going to be good they know right. you know and they, that's and, why it's hidden that's why there aren't previews. And that's why, that's why, why was, that's why that's why was hidden yeah you know like they they're not stupid they knew this game was probably gonna be bad from the beginning but you get it out and you try to make money on it and it's a business. Shadow of the Beast is a great example. Like Shadow of the Beast disappeared for two years. And everyone was like, what does it even exist? Like, oh yeah, it's coming to war. It's going to be great. And then they finally started talking about it, you know, some months ago. And I was like, oh man, this is no good. Like, no good. Meanwhile, you know, you'll see a bunch of articles about Helldivers or something because it's good. So like, you can read the tea leaves. Exactly. If you just pay attention. Be, yeah, but be, I'm sorry you lost your money, but maybe you can still extract some fun out of home front. I don't know. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's not good he makes it sound pretty bad empty first aid kit doesn't like it Colin hmm. your final question for trophy time comes from nasty Nate 501 oh. he says hey guys hi I've got a bone to pick with developers regarding hidden trophies and want your opinion. I was recently playing Ratchet and Clank and came across a hidden trophy that I thought was a bit ridiculous. The trophy is Lazy Lombax and requires you to ride every catwalk yeah. without moving on Kale Kalebo. If this is if this had been a non-hidden trophy, I would have, I would be perfectly okay with it being completely. I'm sorry, but completely obscure trophies that require dumb luck or a god are very frustrating. Frustrating. I was wondering where you guys stood on hidden trophies, and if you ever come across one that you found a bit ridiculous. Thanks and love the show. Nasty. Yeah, like every trophy in, heavy, in fucking heavy rain. How's that for a bunch of nonsense hidden trophies? Sure. 
They bother me, but since they're so easy to get around, you can just read them online. It's That's not the big really thing. a big deal. Yeah, I, I hear you that it's annoying. It's annoying not to see it, but by the time this is an, an, an insult, by the time you're getting a game next, now, like Heavy Rain was a bitch for us, right? Because we want it was fucking ridiculous. I had to call Sony and ask them for like a spreadsheet of trophies, and they sent me this for, like what the real trophies were, so we could go through and get that platinum. That's another hard platinum. Yeah. Uh, Ration Clank is yeah you just look at fucking playstationtrophies.org and there they are and they tell you if they're hidden you can log in with yourself and see if you have them and what you don't have I think I, I hidden trophies I I think obviously all story spoilers should be hidden I agree like something like that that is like okay do this 50 times or whatever the hell why not just show me I'm not going to organically run into this one it's not a story spoiler either I don't care about the planet I would prefer it to be shown but it is I think by the time you're like I want to go after these hidden trophies I like this game that much it's just a way to keep you invested. So is it really that big of a deal to log online and look for it? Yeah. No, I don't think it's a huge deal. I agree, though. I think that was the example of the one I used when I was talking to Greg. I'm like, that's, that trophy is fucking absurd. Because we did get the game before the trophies were even alive. Yeah. So we didn't know. I had no idea what the fuck the trophies were. I, they were popping. So for people that don't know, have never played a game before it came out on PS4. But sometimes games come out and the trophies are still not alive. So you might have had this experience. The trophies will pop, but you cannot see them. Unless so, you do this all weird. This, yeah, so our friend, our friend at PS4trophies.org kind of, or PlayStation Trophies got in touch with us and was like, if you log into a second account that has never been online or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. there's like all this weird tri- shit you got to do. And I'm like, all right. It's not worth like, that much to me, but thank you. That's a good tip. Yeah, no, it's a great tip. Colin. Yeah. Our segment, Dear Shuhei, is back. No. This is where somebody writes in with a suggestion for Shuhei, but it is actually Justin H. writing in this week, and he has a suggestion for the segment. Here's my pitch. Very meta. Here's my pitch for a new segment on the show. Thanks, no, Shuhei. No more segments. Thanks, Shuhei. This fu- this fu- no. Thanks, Shuhei. But it fits in a dear Shuhei. Okay. This is still dear Shuhei. Right. Thanks, Shuhei. We hear a lot of flack and complaining on the internet about PlayStation. Some of this flack is necessary. Come on, Shu. Let me change my damn name. But not all of it is deserved. I think we can all agree that Sony is doing an awesome job with a lot of things and would love it if there was a segment on the show where listeners can voice their thanks to Sony. Of course you can. It's called dear Shuhei. No one said the Dear Shuhei has to be something you want changed with the PlayStation. It can be a pat on his back. Mr. Yoshida over in Japan, cracking the atom, making things happen. Cracking the atom. Justin H. continues. What I'm thankful for? This weekend, I clicked over to the Internet's original mom and grop shop, the PlayStation Store, to see that there was a hella fresh flash sale going on. After precisely selecting and choosing, I parted with $30 and received seven games in return. To my surprise, many of those games were even cross-play. So yes, I would like to say thanks, Shuhei. For the awesome sale, they got some great games in my hands this weekend. Justin H. Now, let me give a shout out to myself because uh, on Twitter, every time there's a flash sale, Uh I have a system by which I tweet out for X amount of money on PSN right now you can get. And then I list a bunch of games and a lot of people find that to be a very useful service. So let's have another segment called Thank You, Colin, because Colin's fucking showing you left, right and center what the games are that you want to buy. And this last flash sale was actually quite good. I actually had to start cutting some games because I did not have the room to include all of them in the 160 character count. So thank you, Colin. But y'all buy into his joke that I have the ego. Reader mail! Maelstrom. Mail call. Uh, First one comes. This is probably the most important question we've ever had on PSI Love You XOXO. It's one I get randomly at events here and there, but not often has it ever been submitted for this show. Uh, Clino the Dino says, hey, guys. Longtime fan. I don't know. It's Clino the Dino. I don't know. It's either way. Add tomato, tomato. Either way, it's Klein. So it must be. Yeah, you're right. His name is Klein down here. So Clino the Dino. Oh, it was a joke. You're right, though. Hey, guys. It's just Thank you, Colin. You come to... You come... You come <laughs> to kindoffunny.com slash forums. You make a forum name, and everybody picks weird fucking handles when they could... He could have just been Klein. But no, he's got to be... 
Klein of the Dino, and they expect me to be able to pick that up on the fly. Hey guys, long time fan, been listening since about beyond 97. Anyways, after kind of growing up with you, I guess I have for years heard of one person that the Colin Moriarty actually truly trusts implicitly. That being M-Dog, the good old Mitchell Morgan. Anyways, what I'm getting at is what happened to M-Dog? I miss him. And does Colin still in fact trust him implicitly? No. P.S. I love you. Your I Canadian tr- radio tr- buddy, Klein. I can't trust him. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why? Because he's up? disappeared. He's too into his studies now and he's too cool for us now. You think M-Dog's too cool for us? I'm sure you'll reach out to me. I have a fucking little letter or a little clip from him. So let's just I hit up on DM the one and only M-Dog, Mitchell Morgan. And Mitchell Morgan responds, hey, buddy, smiley emoticon. Well, I'm at Taco Bell right now. High school, friends, and my girlfriend have been taking up a lot of my time recently. School just let out a couple couple days ago, so I'm finally free to work on some ideas I've been brewing on for a while. Because remember, of course, M-Dog makes apps and stuff. He made the Beyond Soundboard. He made the Bet app and all this other stuff. I listen to PSI Love You XOXO every single week. I would love to start working with you guys again here soon. Smiley emoticon. So now you to make yourself. No, I'm not changing my tune. He's just disappeared off the face of the planet. I hey, listen. I went to school too. I wasn't too busy for shenanigans. All right. Yeah. Like listening to this and playing this and doing this. You were listening to stuff back then? Oh, oh yeah. I was, I was listening to music. I was listening to radio. What radio were you listening to? Howard Stern? Uh, Opie and Anthony. Opie and Anthony. And uh, Ron and Fez were the shows that I liked. Who are you, what are you doing? Oh, I you, don't like what you're doing. You were very busy <laughs> back oh, in the day. This thing, <laughs> 2002. I, wait, before you even say this, before you even say this, I thought we talked about something beyond like a long time. <laughs> we ago. did a long, long time ago. But I just thought it was funny today that some kid in it was when I was grabbing these questions. Actually, hold on, I can bring it all together. Hold on, Colin, hold. Are you holding? I'm holding. What might have been same old looking? Mike V2 says, "Hey, Colin." I was playing through the Mega Man collection to replay some classics, but I forgot the boss order. Imagine my surprise when I got a walkthrough to help me through the game, and I see a familiar name. A young 17-year-old Colin Moriarty. It's younger than that, actually. Thanks for helping me through Mega Man 4 all these years later, and then he links to your game facts. You're very welcome. Uh, yeah, so I wrote those Mega Man facts. Though I updated those facts in 2002 with new information on them. Yeah. But the first three or four I wrote when I was in 10th grade, I think. Yeah, and then I wrote the others in eleventh grade. I just love this note you included about like oh, yeah. how you're. It's all about the date. Like here's what the date is, but I'm not changing the date. Game be very specific about why you were updating sure. and stuff. Like but that then this way. one line: Trust me, there's a 99 percent chance I'm better than you at Mega Man anyway. So not to sound rude, but don't waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a reflection on some things on the internet never change. Yeah, of course, right? And you'd get emails being like, "You fucking suck," and blah blah blah. Do that. and eventually I just put in my thing like, "Stop." Just stop. If you want to like ask me a question, I'll answer. If you want to like have a like something I really miss, but like you're gonna be like you're wrong, blah blah blah. It's like fuck off. Sixteen year old Colin doesn't have time for this. Yeah. And what eventually, was I think year old Colin doing. I don't even remember. But at, 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 at <laughs> playing hockey, I don't know, and dicking around my dumb friends. <laughs> the, the, sure, sure. The uh, but the thing that uh, I think eventually I just stopped putting my email address at all in them. Like I was just like, you can't serve. possibly contact me now. My co- yeah, it used to be AOL, and then I had some like third party email address, and then I had CompuServe, and then I had uh, my Northeastern address, I think, and I think that was basically it. CS.com. So the moral of the story is: don't fucking tell me how to play Mega Man. Don't. Sure, that's a that's a good Just moral. Be, don't even fucking tell me. I don't know. I don't have the mood about the fucking mood for it. Okay, thanks. Pete writes into kindoffunny.com/slash. PSQ. 
and says, My question is about Neil and Bruce and their relationship with Uncharted. After finishing The Last of Us, did they want to do Uncharted 4 or were they pushed onto that project? I can't help but feel like they were held back by tradition and the tropes of the Uncharted series. I'm glad they did Uncharted 4, but I am more excited for what they can do without the game needing to feel like an Uncharted game. Also, what do you think about the DLC crossing over with The Last of Us? I think it would be brilliant if the DLC, and he goes into some spoiler stuff we want to talk about. Uh, thanks, Pete. Um... How do you know? I think it's probably both. I don't, I don't think they were pushed on anything. I think that they this this opportunity arose and they jumped on it. They were probably in pre production for The Last of Us Two. Yeah, you have to assume trying to figure out what that game's going to be. I think this was something that they had to take on and reboot the game. Um, so I, I, I imagine I think from the get go, and granted it was you know a whole bunch of negativity surrounding it to begin with, with the whole Amy thing and then articles and whatnot. I would imagine though they knew from the get-go what a tall order it was and how do we do that and how do we get in there and keep it on track we know there's deadlines i'm sure at the time I mean, there must have been a thing of can we pick up with what the game is now and then you look at it and you're like no this isn't going to be true to us or what we want to make so we have to make it our own if we're going to do this and then you get into timetables and timelines and pissing every, you know all sorts of different people off i'm sure it took a long time to get to the sunny days of it to get to it feeling like yours to get to it feeling like you weren't in there you know doing patchwork but it's that thing of it's a great opportunity but there's such weight to it and right. i think they understood that yeah i think you're right i don't i mean we you know you can talk about it however you want we always talk about it that obviously they worked on uncharted 2 they, they, right on there being leads on it or whatever so i don't feel necessarily that they, they felt held back by it i do think they knew that i think that it's not even being held back as much as again there's a weight to it you know how this needs to go feel what this universe is and i'm sure there were discussions of well what if it went super dark what if it did this what if a fucking meteor hits everybody like that's not what uncharted is and you have to rein that back in yeah i think thematically i don't think it's really very any darker in a lot of ways it's, it is in some ways like i've said before there's a very violent scene in the game that i was surprised that was there and stuff like that but uh but i think that in terms of gameplay mechanics the last of us is definitely seen in that game so I think that they didn't lose the heart and soul of, of Uncharted. Um, clearly, they know the heart and soul of Uncharted having worked on the games. But um, I do think that thematically it's 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 consistent and congruent with the Uncharted game. So I don't think that anything was lost there. I don't think that I really don't think that if you didn't know that Amy and Justin were not, and, involved in this game and it was Bruce and Neil and said that you would know. Sure. If it wasn't happening at the best of the best game developer, mm -hmm. right? The, the name amongst names and it wasn't new stories that there's been a switch up or a change over here. Would you have known? Probably not. No, yeah. I mean, that's. I, 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 I think 100% you wouldn't have known. Uh, do I think that the Uncharted DLC should be a crossover with The Last of Us? Fuck no. No, absolutely Don't not. do Leave that. Leave those alone. No, that no. would be so dumb. That would yeah. be so stupid. That would be almost suicidal for both of those series. That would be really disappointing. Very disappointing, I say. I'm trying to find one to end on, Colin. You know what I'm saying, bro? You know what I'm yeah, saying. If you don't like it, even don't read them. Yeah, don't I'm force it. I mean, I don't liked him enough it, to Greggy Poo. I, I like. Oh, thank you, baby cakes. I just I liked him enough to get him here. That feels like a you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. We went to Winnie. Yeah. Don't force it. You know. I'm not gonna force don't, it. Don't force it. Instead, this is a long episode anyway. I know. I noticed. I looked back there. I couldn't believe that time. I was like, <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing to do. Settle force. P.S. I love this best friend XOXO on you. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, this is where you. Go to kindoffunny.com slash forums. Go to the PSI Love You XOXO board and post your PSN name there under the proper topic so it gets read in the air and you get all sorts of friend requests and nice messages and you don't feel so alone on the PSN. This one comes from Sarcomatose. S-A-R comatose altogether. Got it? That's his PSN name too. So even before I finish this, you know, you know, start friending him right now saying I'm listening to Greg read your letter live right now. Dear Colin and Greg, I followed your careers at IGN with great interest due to Greg's famous Uncharted review slash Vita reviews, as well as Colin's reviews of games 
from my favorite genre, Japanese role-playing games, like the Tales of series. And I stumbled upon your content as kind of funny last fall. The content you guys put out now that you are on your own came to me in a period of healing and recovery from a three-plus-year struggle with depression. Long story short, I had some troubles with non-academic slash financial slash personal life pressures while I was doing my best to succeed at university. Recommendations by you guys, coupled with the amazing content you provide for all of us, helped me to climb the last few inches out of the metaphorical pit that I was in. Persona 4 Golden was one of them. Nice pick. Uh, I've been making... I've been making it. No, nope. I've been making a point to reach out to fellow best friends who are struggling with depression slash anxiety. Encourage slash support them. Excellent work. Sarcomatose. We've had a couple of these kids pop up recently. Everybody's supportive as a best friend community. That's what we do to each other. We make sure everybody knows you're valued here and you can't kill yourself. We love you very much. I bought my PS4 at this specific time to play Uncharted 4. Despite the impending market retail price drop for normal ps4s once the 4.5 releases i'm excited for all the great games and great jrpgs coming out this year sadly my decked out division character is on xbox but i'm looking to establish one on ps4 if i play any multiplayer games or shooters it will now be on ps4 because of the player base and the best friend community i went the entire ps3 generation with only two or three friends on my ps friend friends list had a vita for a while i've been lurking in the shadows and cove is a vita island I don't want PS4 slash PS3 to be an island anymore. The size of my friends list is making it difficult to justify buying quality multiplayer games on PS4. Also, yes, my PSN name is mildly insensitive slash slightly offensive. Cancer sucks, and I wish you would let us change our names. So sarcomatose again. Because it's like sarcoma. Sarcoma and then comatose. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. So S-A-R-C-O-M-A-T-O-S-E. You are the PSN. I love this best friend. Hit of the week. You know, just got confirmed. Colin. Uh, the helicopter is... Uh... Uh, <laughs> what was it? There was a raccoon in the helicopter? Yeah, raccoon. Fucking Jesus, we were stupid. Now we're so we smart, were. though. Yeah, we're we so were smart now. Uh, this week's Forgotten PlayStation game was mine again, and I forgot it last week, but this time Soup wrote in to write his own PSN Forgotten PlayStation game. Hey, Colin and Greg! For this week's Forgotten PlayStation Game of the Week, I'd like to nominate Patchwork Heroes for PSP. My mm. first PSP was the Go that I picked up at launch, so I really went to town with the digital releases. Patchwork Heroes seems mostly forgotten these days, but I sunk a ton of time into it back then. It reminded me a lot of the Windows 3.1 classic Jazz Ball, but with a unique art style and tons of personality. I've been a listener since beyond episode 41, so thanks for all the years of amazing shows. I remember that game. Soup. Did you like it, Patchwork Heroes? I don't remember if I liked it, and I remember that. Yeah, I remember it as well, and I was like, was oh, it a mini? Yeah, I think so, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But Patchwork Heroes, that's a great one. And yeah, that's a great name. Came out right away with the PSP Go. Uh, uh, criminally underloved system. Criminally yeah, underloved. So Ahead tiny. of its time, it was great. It's so tiny. Dumb. Ah, <laughs> uh, time for PSN's worst name of the week, Colin. Are you ready? Yes. This one comes from Collier. That's not his name, though. Hello, Greg and Colin. First time post, and unfortunately, it's for the PSN worst name of the week. A few, few years ago, me and my friend had a few beers, and we decided to watch Lars and the Real Girl, starring Ryan Gosling. I bought a PS3 Slim that day and decided to start a fresh new profile from a fresh new console. As the drinks flowed, there was a scene in the movie where Ryan Gosling starts to cry, and I said to my friend, Ryan Gosling, more like crying Gosling. Gosling. Crying Gosling. My friend... In his drunk state, found it hilarious. And in my drunk state, I thought it was genius. So I switched the film off and boom, created crying underscore gosling. Now I either get mocked online because people believe I made a typo or that it relates to a gosling bird making the sound like a pretty, making me sound like a pretty depressed guy. Please let us change our name, shoe. Please. Collier. Greetings from Liverpool, England. Oi. Oi, governor. That one was brought to you 
by Gamefly. Are you ready to save money and play more games? Then let me introduce you to our sponsor, Gamefly. Gamefly is the best way and place to buy and rent all your favorite games. Just go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. They have more than 9,000 titles to choose from, and you get to try before you buy. Go to Gamefly.com slash PS and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you at checkout to get two games and a, or and or movies at a time. So two. two. Two things at a time, Colin. You can only get this by visiting Gamefly.com slash PS. Ladies and gentlemen. This has been PS I Love You XOXO episode 37. Thank you for journeying us on this journey of things journey throughout of us. us now, this is something I was funny. I want to bring up. You're a fucking hypocrite, and I don't like it one bit. Because you talk about all the time when you want to be all prickly and you're hurt. Like, oh, people out in the comments picking apart everything I say or do and da da. And every time I fuck up, you throw it in my face. Every time! It's a tradition. You're scaring me a little bit. Don't disconnect my wire again. You're not going to say anything else the rest of the show. That's a good point. <laughs> it's like you like you detach yourself from the space shuttle and just push off. Just fucking float into the, into the surface of the moon. So yeah, this has been the show. We do it every Tuesday, 9am, right here. YouTube.com slash games. You can get it on the podcast services. We appreciate you. We're very excited for Kind of Funny Live this week. No, it is not being streamed. You should have come. We warned you about it. It'll eventually be up on kindoffunny.com, but it won't be soon because it's going to be a giant show with a million things Tim needs to edit, and Tim's going to be very tired because he's working his butt off right now for Kind of Funny Live. Shout out to Tim Geddes. Send him love on uh, the Twitter as well. Uh, Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call singing a shoe hey of course you can go to kindoffunny.com slash psm submit your music remember i need an mp3 to put at the end of our mp3 and i need a youtube video to annotate at the end of our youtube video today colin we're putting up a friend of ours i don't know if you remember her name kina granis you remember her miss kina no she was uh, i believe the first song we ever played on PS I Love You XOXO we played Dear River it was a huge hit uh, uh, she was a Patreon success story I had met her down at VidCon when she performed at the Patreon party here's the interesting thing about Kina Colin and you're going to enjoy this one because it's terrifying so Kina sets off on this world tour right or this Southeast Asia tour right goes over to Indonesia lands in Indonesia plays her first show she was, she's, she's going to go there to do this whole tour plays her first show in and I don't want to fuck this up because you know how it's doing Jakarta plays her first show in Jakarta show ends doing a little meet and greet immigration officials come in confiscate her passports they hold her there for 100 days she's not able to talk about where she is why she's gone what's happening and it was this whole brouhaha about work visas that nobody knew what was happening all i knew as a fan was that she said she was going over to asia to do these shows and then had to keep canceling tour dates on twitter and then never talked about it and stopped making music and putting up youtube videos And i was like this is all very interesting i wonder what happened turned out she was in a living hell trapped in a foreign country with no passport having to go through the lawyers and the embassies and all these different things uh if you go to her website kina granis and that's k-i-n-a-g-r-a-n-n-i-s.com she has a post up called 100 days in jakarta where it goes through the whole thing super terrifying but of course kina being a musician she wrote songs about it so she says this is her song she submitted of course from her like I guess they call them EPs, right? Your little limited releases or LPs. Is that a limited press? Or oh, I can't, I can't you can't. No, it's, it sucks, I but it's fun. I, I don't really care that much. Uh, she put it out, though, called 100 Days in uh, Jakarta. And here's her write-up for the song For Now. Meet For Now, one of the two songs I wrote while I was held in Jakarta for 100 Days. It helped me find perspective and gratitude during this time. Now, again, I'm a fan of hers. So when this went up, I read, read the whole uh, post about it. 
horrified as somebody who you know we travel for work once in a while not now know if we ever do anything overseas fucking make sure the work visas are locked down or shit's gonna get real but at the end of her or just don't go overseas. You should just come to us and like things when we do kind of funny stuff. But uh, on her post, she went through and at the very bottom had like 25 and then I think she added 26 things she learned. And I wanted to call two of them out because I think it speaks to the fact of how bad not her life was. Of course, she wasn't in jail, just trapped, though. Couldn't get home for missed. I think it was a cousin's wedding, missed some of the holidays, not, you know, doesn't know what's happening, all this stuff. But what we're just talking about. It seems like in our best friend community, there's a few people struggling, obviously, day to day depression and such. She had two things I thought were very very interesting in terms of what she learned if you're still breathing you have something to be grateful for gratitude is the key to everything and the second one getting to exist at all is something to be grateful for and being alive is the greatest adventure i thought those were both very poignant for me in particular but also for you out there so ladies and gentlemen that was a long-winded story i have this song for you for now from Keenagranis. Of course, it's available on iTunes. We're going to YouTube and all this stuff. And you can go to Keenagranis.com to read all about 100 Days in Jakarta. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Sometimes I think about the ones that we replaced All the millions underneath the burnt waste And I get sad because of course we'll be the same All of history collapsing in its wake Maybe it's enough that I have no
Oh, yeah, I'll do that afterwards. Eh, fuck. Hold, hold your horse for two seconds, alright? Thanks to Amazon Video Games for supporting Kinda Funny Live. Amazon debuted an awesome program for their Prime members, Prime Gamer Pricing. You can now get 20% off all of your game pre-orders and also off any newly launched games up to two weeks after they come out. Valid on physical games. Learn more. Fucking Jesus Christ. Why, Lord? Oh, you know, it was literally to the URL. The fucking water man. <laughs> Thanks to Amazon Video Games for supporting Kinda Funny Live. Amazon debuted an awesome program for their Prime members. Oh my fucking Jesus. I just... <laughs> what? I just want to read the ad and go to bed.